Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk episode 33. I am sat here once again with my boys, George, Seth, and Cam. We got a solid episode for you today. We got a ton of movie reviews. We got Bo is Afraid and Evil Dead Rise, two big mommy issues movies. We have Ghosted, the highly anticipated, wig-filled, awful poster, cameo-packed, high-budget movie from Apple TV+. And then we have Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, and then we also get a Mandalorian Season 3 as that has wrapped up. And there's a lot of hot takes on it. A lot of people are saying it sucked. A lot of people are defending it like Cameron, so we're going to get his side of the story as to why it might not have been as bad as everyone might be saying it is. I think it's pretty light on the nerd news this week compared to pretty much every week I think we've ever done this podcast. But we have a solid amount of trailers and news and other stuff to go through, so still going to be a packed episode, so let's go ahead and get right into it. But we are going to be wrapping up with a draft of something different this week. The best things to eat and drink at the movies, so should be a should be an interesting draft. I feel like there's going to be one of those drafts that rounds one, especially round two, going to be pretty, pretty standard picks, but I think we're going to get a little into the weeds in the later rounds. It should be interesting to see where we go here. But uh, tons of content coming this week. This is going to be one of our most packed weeks for YouTube. So if you're not subscribed already, you're following on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button because we have the podcast episode today on Monday. Tomorrow we have another Real Fun Trivia uploading. Then we have a Q&A this week. We have our standard Real real Talk uh, or Real Quick Reviews or Real Quick Draft. So I think we have like five podcast episodes between the Real Talks and Real Quicks coming this week alone. So huge content week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. And none, none of this content would be possible without Patreon. So shout out to all of our patrons. Tons of different stuff for available for everyone at different tiers. So check that out in the description below, whether you're on YouTube or the, the audio versions. Um, and I promise this is a guarantee for me this week. I will have our first peaches, pieces of merch live this week. And I've said that before, but this is our, my official stamped guarantee. I have the store ready to roll. Just need to get some pieces of merch out there. So people on Patreon will hear about it first. But other than that, make sure you're following us on socials because you'll hear about it there. Let's get into it. How is everyone doing this week? We'll start with George because he has returned to TikTok. He has also had a fun night last night where he was out getting some brews down. So how's the week been? The Twitter fingers were going crazy last night. Your, your, like your Twitter tweet per minute ratio last night was Olympic level. It was high as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Which is just hysterical because I woke up and I'm like, let's, let's see what we tweeted. Um, but no, week's week went well. Um, back on TikTok, of course. I feel like I had to make my return eventually. I thought Bo is afraid was a, a, a good place to start. And then I was I hoping had... you'd post last night as well. I was waiting for you to stop. Post stop, last stop. Night. <laughs> I had to. It's a no, I didn't want to post this week, honestly, but I had to post that uh Hulu ad. But like, I didn't want oh, yeah, that. Did, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't want that to be my first video back. Um, so I was like, all right, Bo is afraid. That's a now, it, that's a good movie to review. Big everyone man. wants to hear everyone's thoughts on Bo's Afraid, so let me do that. Um, but I, we, we, we might be back to a hiatus. I don't know the next time my posting is. Uh, but no, week is good. Still getting settled into work. But, you know, as, as time goes on, just getting busier and busier, um, which is a good thing. Um, and, yeah, other than that, you know, calm week of work, back on TikTok, you know, happily, I guess, maybe. Well, welcome back. I know a lot of people sent their their well wishes of welcoming welcoming you back yes. to TikTok. You made your I return, did. so yes. nice to see you back on the on the clock app, Cameron. How's the week been? Your back background looks a little different this week. You got a, a singular light switch as the backdrop. <laughs> yeah, week's good. Today I'm in my kitchen, or like it's it's an apartment, so like it's basically the living room as well. But uh, I got my got my son. Uh, he's he's munching right now. Him and I are chilling. Emma's still asleep. 
uh, we're recording a little early, so I'm letting, normally I try to let her sleep in on the weekend, so I'm letting her sleep in. Um, nothing really this week, man. Uh, I have admitted defeats um, on the Star Wars rewatch, definitely not getting through it by May 4th. I realized May 4th like, what, two weeks away? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm probably like 30% of the way through, and I just... I don't have time anymore to just grind things. So I, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. I'll, I'm still watching it. Um, nothing, nothing crazy went on this week. I went to getting, getting yelled at by my son, um, not, not paying attention to him, but yeah, it's, it's been a good week. I'll probably be on mute for a little. Uh, so yeah, you won't have to worry about me interrupting or anything like I normally do. How's your son's week go? He's good, man. He's sleeping well. Uh, you got anything to say? That would have been perfect. Right. That would have been right. perfect if yeah, he did nothing. nothing. Yeah, he's learning how to to shake his head no. That's what nice. he's got going on right now. He loves it. Thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> big moves, big moves not, as well. Not. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the Star Wars rewatches. I don't know. I think I think you knew how much you were biting off when you got into it, but I feel like it's just deceptive with all the series and stuff. Because like when you list all the projects, you're like, oh, here's all I got. But then when you think about, I the mean, TV it's shows, like it's, so many. Episodes I knew it seasons. was six days consecutive, six days of watching mm-hmm. through, and that's just a lot of content. Wait, um, how, how, how did you figure six days out? Google. I don't know. It's it only takes six, even like with your full time job. No, 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 no. It no, takes it's six, six days. days. If I started at the start and, and watched and oh, never turned oh, it off, oh, it would take oh, six okay. days. Okay. And I think, I think like, like I knew I was like, that's a crazy amount, but I have three months or when did I start? Maybe I, maybe I had two months. Cause I think I started end of May. you all right. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it, that, that math didn't work. I had like two and a half months. We'll say realizing six days. That's absurd. Um, but you know, I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it still. I'm just just can't do it as quickly as I was. I also when I started, I also like knocked out two movies and like half a season the first weekend because I had a lot of time. So I'm like, I got this. And then just time dwindled heavy after that. What are you up to right now? The Bad Batch season two, like episode okay. four or something. So I've <laughs> done all of Clone Wars, all of the prequels, and one and a half seasons of the Bad Batch. So. We're moving, just not as quick. Well, I'm sure you'll be done by May 4th. It's just you didn't clarify which year specifically, so yeah. you're yeah, on yeah. track. You're on track. Yeah. Seth, how has your week been? I hear you have a you have a buddy in town, so I got some you got some festivities planned today. Mm, not really, just going through like food and stuff because catching up with someone I haven't seen in a while. Um, pretty like less stressful week than last week, I would say. Um, have a lot of planning to do. We finally sorted out Comic Con. So we sort out the accommodation for that next next month. So I will be there. So let me know if you are. I will be there all the days. Although, as George said, we'll see if I last all the days at Comic-Con because it does sound very, very stressful and very, very busy. So who knows? Um, got something sorted going down to London in a couple of weeks. Uh, something big might be planned in terms of content. So that's kind of cool. And then just, just work stuff in general. UFC on tonight, a little card as well. So it's always something to look forward to. Um, apart from that, pretty pretty standard week as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I also got my Banshee's tattoo. Yes, that, that, that was a sick yeah, tattoo. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, I, tattoo. I like that tattoo. I like that tattoo. It's been planned for a while, but I've just not had the time. And so I just thought I'd get it done. But Seth, they, they didn't win an Oscar. Yeah, I know, but I said even if they didn't, I'm still like, they don't, realistically. I want to get, like, 
throughout my life, Mid. I'd like to get. <laughs> uh, throughout my life, I'd like to get like I think at least like my top fifty movies, something, somewhere. Fifty, Jesus. Well, I've got like seven of them. I only got my number one right now. Well, Do you have a Linden? I've not got any tattoos except my arms, so oh, I've got okay. like a lot of space. That's fair. Okay. The next one I'm going to be is a Cornetto somewhere to signify Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I don't know where though. You know the little ice cream they eat? Just the word yeah, Cornetto? Yeah. No, 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 the Cornetto. Like the no, little ice cream oh, cone. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to get one of them, I think maybe on my chest or something like that. Your I'm next tattoo, your next tattoo should be a tear on your eye, just to represent all the sad movies you love. <laughs> just get tears on your eyes. You will think I'm killed someone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, you guys don't get it. This is for all the, mo the emotional it's, movies. It's I from love. when I watched After Sun. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, that. That joke. That's another joke to bring back to Game Night, which you watched the other week. Be like, this tattoo is, or like when he did the Pictionary, is like, it's this is me crying in the theater when I watched The Green Mile. <laughs> it's like, how did you guys not understand this was going for you? I like that film. Uh, but yeah, so solid weeks all around for everyone. For me, um, pretty standard week. A lot of a lot of time in the old movie theater this week. Double feature. Donnie was back at it. Had two back to back nights of double features. First one was Suzumi right into Bo is Afraid, and both of those are not short movies because Suzumi's over two hours, just barely, and then Bo is Afraid's obviously three hours. So that was a quite the double feature. And then the next night was Paint into. Are You There, Goddess, Me, Margaret? Which those two nights of double features couldn't have been more different. But um, Paint, awful. And then Are You There, God? I thought was really good, actually. Like, genuinely, I think that's going to yeah. be a really great movie. That's going to do very well. Whenever you text that in our group chat, I think you're saying something. Like, I think you're preaching or something. I'm really confused. It's just <laughs> yeah. such a strange movie title. <laughs> yeah, it's based on I'm a Ju Judy Bloom book, which is, like, she's, like, one of the, arguably probably, like, the mo one of the most famous, like, young adult, more female slanted authors. So... It's just based on one of her books, but yeah, uh, two double features this week. Um, other than that, I can't really think of much that that's been spectacular this week, but a pretty standard week, nothing to complain about. Oh, I golfed the other day. It's uh, like I've been mentioning this every week, but it's like full blown summer at this point. So hit the course. A lot of my friends are still in Minnesota and it's, I forget that it's still like 40 degrees up north. So they're all like really pissed and jealous at me when I'm like, hey, I'm golfing. They're like, God damn it. I wish I could be. What degrees right is it there for summer? Um, I can't translate to Celsius, but right now it's like it's like 90, 94, 95 degrees Fahrenheit every day. So Jesus. every but, day, but it's yeah. like thirty five or something here. That's stupid here. When it gets to like that, that's like yeah. But I can't like, handle that heat. It's horrible. Right now is like peak golf season. I enjoy golfing when it's super hot because I'm not good. So like when it's super super crazy hot, not a lot of people are out there golfing. So like once July hits, it's going to be like one fifteen, one twenty every day. And that's when like no one's golfing, and that's you when like, like that. I hate no, no, I don't. I wouldn't prefer I that, but I like it for golfing because, like I said, like no one's on the course, so I can go as slow or as fast yes, as I want for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so damn hot to not but, die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, it takes the energy out of you for sure. But yeah, uh, summer in Arizona, love it and hate it. But let's jump right into this week's movie reviews. Uh, we'll start off with Bo is Afraid. And we'll start with no spoilers. And when we get to the spoilers portion, I'm going to tell Seth to literally be like, just like mute us. Yeah, and I'm we'll not, text I'm you and come back. Because I, I genuinely don't want anything spoiled for you. Even though I don't think any of the spoilers would like ruin the movie, but it would ruin your reaction. So I want you to be completely yeah. blind for that. So well, we'll start spoiler Tom free. Tom already spoiled something on his letterbox view. And he didn't. You can literally spoil it. You can yeah. cover it on letterbox. <laughs> Did he? Idiot. 
Oh, 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 the giant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah the giant I, penis monster. I, I, saw, I saw that. I saw <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. To be fair, like that's exactly what I mean. Like that spoils literally nothing in the movie, but that's like one of the shock value moments that like you're gonna be like, oh, but I'd want to. I'd want to be surprised. Right. I'm yeah. Gonna so. Be Cam L, I tried to protect monster. you from it because he t t he texted it in the group chat. I'm like, delete that message because he can unsend messages in iPhone group <laughs> group chats. But he doesn't oh well. use his brain. <laughs> Cam was the most recent one to watch it, but I think he's on dad duty right now. So I was gonna yeah. go to him first, but instead I will pivot <laughs> to George first. So you watched it, I think uh, Thursday night, I believe. So what are your yeah. thoughts on Bo's Afraid? Again, starting completely spoiler free, yeah, not not ruining any of the crazy moments. Just overall reactions and your score out of five. Yeah, I, I I honestly don't even even if we are when we get to spoilers, I don't even know what we're gonna talk about. I don't know I don't know how to talk about this movie, and I said that in my TikTok review because it's like the truth. It's just it's exactly like what everyone's describing, and I hate to repeat it because I feel like everyone is saying it's just three hours of like stress and paranoia. It's you know this character of Bo just going on a journey, um, you know, trying to get to his mom, which I don't think that's a spoiler. Pretty sure it's in. The, the trailer yeah um I, i'm so indifferent on this movie i went with a three out of five because the first hour and a half i genuinely enjoyed like the first hour and a half i was so in i was like this is gonna be without a doubt my favorite movie of the year um it was fast paced it was chaotic you're just kind of watching uh walking phoenix put on this really good performance as this uh you know panic uh attack induced character as he navigates um, this, you know, treacherous path of of, of just shitty things, um, and it was really fast paced. It was really chaotic. I, I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, where the fuck is this movie going? Um, and then this movie, it's one of those movies where you feel like it's going to end like four times, um, and there were genuinely like four or five instances where I was like, oh, the movie's going to wrap up. That three hours went by pretty fast, and then it just kept going and it kept going and going and going. And by the end of it, I'm like, that's ah, that was a six-hour movie. I was like, that had to be seven hours at least. And that's what kind of threw me. And then, again, like I said in my TikTok review, I'm not smart enough to review this movie. Uh, I'm sure there's so much to it, so many layers, so many you know rich thematic elements that I just didn't pick up on. Um, and I think I do. I, I, I'm going to rewatch this movie. I want to just because now I know how it pans out. Now I know what to expect. Um, so I want to see if a second viewing will you know, maybe enhance my experience because the first time I saw it, I was just like, when is this thing going to end? Um, which sucks because again, that first hour and a half, I was so invested. I really liked what was going on. It, it was just, it felt unpredictable. It kind of felt unsafe. It made me feel uncomfortable, which I enjoy in like a, I don't even know genre. This is black comedy, psychological thriller, I guess. You could call this thing many things. Um, but yeah, I'm going with three out of five. Uh, I'm very indifferent about it. I'm usually not the biggest, uh, you know, proponent of, uh, you know, complaining about a runtime, but this is one where I really fucking felt it. And I think that really dampened my experience, especially towards the end of the movie. To be fair, just to go back to what you said, you know, when you said, like, you're not smart enough to understand this film. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people who I know, similar to yourself, have watched a lot of films and they, they understand film quite well. Even they've said a lot of it is thematically shallow. So maybe, maybe, maybe you are smart enough. Maybe it's just the yeah. fact that you actually don't think there's much there. Maybe there's you know just I mean? not a lot to it. I mean, listen, when you watch the the movie, Seth, you know, there's like, and this is no spoilers, but like, there's like two the the last two sequences essentially, like the last two scenes 
uh there's just so much going on so much that like pulls from previous things said in the movie previous things you see in the movie and the entire final sequence i was sitting in a theater and i was like how the fuck did we get here um so i don't know i maybe it was shallow and there isn't much to interpret maybe uh i love that family guy quote where peter's like uh I do not like the Godfather. It insists upon itself. I don't know what that means, but I feel like Bo is that afraid. That sounds of, right for this. Yeah, but Bo a, is afraid insists upon itself as well. That's a perfect description. But yeah, no, like to what Seth was saying, and again, this is like zero spoilers whatsoever. I think the themes of this movie, what Ari Aster is trying to go for, I think are very surface level. Like I feel like I get everything he was going for. But in terms of the story, like the actual movie on screen itself, it's confusing to know what's reality and what's not. And I think even people that are smarter in their film analysis are like, they made stuff convoluted for just convoluted sake. But I think the themes are what people are saying is like more shallow, which I fully agree, which we'll get into when we talk spoilers, like what he's going for. Yeah. I think are but also, I, I've obvious. seen so many, sorry, sorry to interrupt because it just no goes off of what we're saying. Um, I've seen so many people and I, I even said it in my TikTok review because I saw, saw a lot of people say it and I was like, oh, you know, that, that kind of makes sense. It feels like one of those movies where you're watching it from the point of view of Bo who is heavily medicated throughout the entire movie. He's clearly not all there in the head. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, the movie's getting weirder and more uncomfortable and you're not understanding it as much as you maybe did in the first couple of scenes because Bo is like kind of just descending into, into madness and just he's losing it in the head. So as a viewer, you're seeing what he's seeing. And I was like, all right, that makes sense, but still fucking weird what did you give it out of five a three all right three out of five from george and you said you might need to rewatch, and you will you plan on rewatching? i, I want to rewatch, especially with the movie this long now that i know like when it ends and like what happens leading up to it i think that'll like because the when i watched it for the first time i truly thought the movie was going to end like four times so i was like oh okay but now that i know when it ends and i know like what to expect i want to see if i'll one feel the runtime as much and two, pick up on things that maybe I just looked past in my first viewing because this movie was a lot to take in. Um, so I'm confident sure. I missed like some important lines, some important conversations, or something. For sure, and uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't say the synopsis. I'll go over that, even though George basically hit it on the head when he he mentioned it because it's really just a one sentence synopsis. A paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother, and that's pretty much the whole story. You just follow this man trying to get home to his mom. Um, basically he visits her once a year on the anniversary of his dad's death. And that, this is literally like the first five seconds of the movie. Like that sets up the movie. Like, Oh, it's the anniversary of his father's death. That's when he usually goes back and visits his mother. He has to go home. You follow his journey home. And that's how the whole movie gets set in motion. And you go on this three hour ride that is a dark comedy. I'd say it's the main genre here, but yeah, there is that psychological thriller aspect. It's definitely nowhere near as horrific as previous Ari Aster movies. Um, even though it's, there's like horror elements in it for different respects, but like I'd mentioned to Cam and I think Cam, you'd agree now that you've seen it. There's nothing scary really about this movie at all. Right. Like even the biggest horror wusses in the world can see this and be completely fine. So yeah, you're, you're muted. I believe. That's yeah. my bad. Fuck me. Um, no, I, Cam was I was talking to, um, uh, I, I, it's not even labeled as a horror on a, on Letterboxd, which was super surprising. Also, Oh yeah, I, I see that I, now. I, I, think I never saw the trailer to Bo's Afraid. 
You know, uh, no, you know, I definitely saw it, but they didn't like, really play didn't it before realize, any. Did movies. you see the teaser, the first one? I don't know. I like walking into the movie. I was like thinking to myself, like I really like. I don't know what I'm watching. Like I don't, I don't have like a frame of Hello. reference on. Like, Hello. okay, you're, you're unmuted Hello. now. You're I don't right. have like a frame of reference on like what I'm like going into, Ooh. which I thought was weird. What's up, Cam? Yeah, sorry. Cam. Yeah, I I missed everything you guys said. So real quick before we get into spoilers, um. I assume I, I came into the back half of Tyler mentioning mentioning just surface level themes, and I agree with that. Like this deals, the only theme that I think they tried to really hit home, and it's because they explicitly talk about it, is his guilt that he's feeling of pro, of um, many different things. We can get into that, but this for me was just something I'll. Uh, and George said, I, I heard you also say that like you want to give it a rewatch. I never want to watch this movie again. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like I mentioned, like the second note I took is, you know, I take my notes. The second note I took is like this movie, I think the camera work is incredible. I loved the camera work throughout the movie. I love the directing. I think the acting was great. I think the, the dialogue was very good. Um, but it just kind of wasn't anything. And it wasn't, you know, I don't know who it was for, but it, it sure as hell wasn't for me. It wasn't like, you know, some people, and I know Seth's favorite thing is like, just have fun with it. I, I think that that is a pass of a movie like that. I think like is super kind of shit, but like, you know, if I have a good time, I'm not going to be as upset that I went and saw it. Like I would, 30 minutes into this, I'm like sitting on my phone, just bored as hell. Even though it was weird, I was super bored. I like, I like didn't think it was, it didn't get, and nothing happens for the first 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes is when the big, big change comes. We'll talk about that. That's at like the 30 minute mark. Cause I've noted it. Sorry. It's going. Um, it's just, and I didn't find it funny. I didn't find it like smart. I didn't, I don't know. It, I, I didn't like get anything from this other than the directing was very good, in my opinion. Uh, is this the first appearance your dog's made on the podcast? Shout out everyone uh, watching on YouTube, but yeah, for sure. yeah, one, yeah, thank you. One time uh, I was playing fetch with her, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just all Anyways. up in your business right now, licking the yeah. things. But but yeah, uh, I just want to quickly mention that one note you just said is this is what I mentioned in my letterbox review. I think the this is like. And again, I don't know the technicalities of screenwriting enough, but to me, this didn't feel like a general three-act structure. It felt like more like a four- or five-act structure. But I think I the agree. first 45 minutes, if you don't like the first 45 minutes, there's no way it's going to go up from there. I think if mm -hmm. you don't buy in immediately, it's going to go – you just keep going downhill because I think it gets progressively weirder and more bizarre. Uh, uh, so the fact that when you text the group chat and you're like – this is just weird. I don't know. I don't like what I'm watching. Yeah. So early on, I was like, yeah, he's not going to like this. Cause if you don't like that first 45 minutes, I think the next one just gets a little weirder and it just keeps getting weirder and something. That I don't be think more it gets disliking. weirder though. Like to be, so let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll get into spoilers. Seth, I want you to disappear and I'll text you in the group chat when you should come back. I don't want you to get spoiled <laughs> yeah. at all. All right. Goodbye. So <laughs> am, am I good to just say what I was going to say? Yeah, spoilers can start okay. now. Except, what? Yeah. Hold on. What did you give it out of five? One. Yeah, so I gave it a thirty-three uh, out of a hundred, so a one and a half out of five. All right, and then before um, you start, I gave it a six point seven out of ten because I didn't say that yet. So three point five stars. All sure. Right, now go yeah. ahead. Spoilers now. Yeah. So the first thirty minutes, like nothing happens, and the thirty-minute mark is when his mother is revealed dead. Um, so that that's like when I started 
that's that's when I thought the movie was going to start picking up and maybe I'd get more enjoyment. I don't think that like necessarily like after the first 45, 50 minutes, an hour was all that weird compared to the first. And I think more so I was just like Joaquin's Phoenix at, Joaquin Phoenix's ass was just in my face the, for like 10 minutes. Uh, there's a naked man stabbing people. Um, there was a man hiding above his bath and then falls on him. And there's a like 15, it's not 15 minutes, but it's like three minute sequence of them just rolling around in this bath trying to get out. Um, I thought that was the weirdest part. Like even when we get into the giant dick monster, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was the weirdest part was, uh, was the first 45 minutes. Um, that's not saying the rest of the movie isn't weird. That's just the kind of stuff that I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Um, whereas in the future, it's more like psychedelic weird and not like naked man stabbing people weird. So, um, you know, whatever camp you're in, you may find it more weird or, or not, but I don't know. It just, you're, you're not wrong though. If you don't buy in, in the first 45 minutes, it's not going to be a pleasant watch for you. Um, yeah, because the first 45 minutes takes place in Skid Row, Los Angeles. So Bo lives in an apartment in the middle of just the homeless encampments in L.A. Uh, violence everywhere, trash everywhere, drugs, homeless people, suspect, suspicious people at every turn, which I, I don't know. I enjoyed that setting. I thought it was very chilling, uh, intense. Um, but from there... You get what Cam said. You get the his mom is not alive. She's dead. That's the big change that happens in about 30 minutes. Then Bo freaks out. And we realize he's – Bo is Bo is afraid is literally like the – I'm not going to say the perfect title because I like disappointment Boulevard better. But I'm going to say perfect title in terms of what it means for him because he is – he's agoraphobic. He doesn't like going outside. He's he's has anxiety. He has PTSD. He has trauma. He has mommy issues. He's – always worried about side effects of everything. Like you saw like when he flashback to when he was a kid, he like didn't eat certain foods. He's like, Oh, that has like red food coloring in it. And that can cause cancer. So he's like anything that could go wrong. He's like worried about. So like we see in the, in the beginning, one of the big conflicts is like his therapist says, you have to take these pills with water, which is like just a standard thing. Everyone says with like pills and doesn't really mean like, basically he takes yeah, it as like, if he doesn't swallow water, get, yeah, if he doesn't yeah. swallow water with this pill, he's literally going to die. So then he starts freaking out and he has to get out of his apartment run across the street to a bodega or whatever to get a water. And uh, so the first 30 minutes, we find out his mom's dead, not alive, who he was trying to get home to because he missed his flight. When So basically he would have been home, and he gets really guilty because, like, damn, I would have been home and been with my mom. And then about 45 minutes in, when he's frantically running around Skid Row, Holly Flax from the office hits her with his with, – hits him with her, like, big, like, UPS truck size thing, like a big van, hits him – almost basically kills him yeah and that's pretty much the conclusion of that first act so we have like the two big conflicts the first act is his mom's dead and holly flax system mm-hmm. of the car and then from there we transition by the way to what's real up? quick but the, yeah. the most i laughed in this movie i wrote it down is when he's on the phone with um this is the one time like i audibly laughed it was very funny he's on the phone with the guy who answered his mom's phone um and he's like i think she's dead or whatever and then he's like call back you probably have the wrong number just call back it's not gonna be right and he calls back and he's like i'm so sorry man (laughs) that's like the one thing he says on the phone that that had me dying it was was so fun that was a hilarious moment because he's like uh the ups guy who calls him tells him he found his mom dead on the floor he's he realizes bo is not really all there in the head so he's like 
hey man, don't worry. Like you probably just called the wrong number. Your mom's not actually dead. Just hang up the yeah. phone, call your mom. She's gonna answer everything. will be fine. And he called. I, was back. Like, yeah. I have I'm this sorry. number stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was oh, so God. funny. That was good. And then uh, so we jump into Act Two at that point. And as I keep going through kind of this movie, feel free to stop me whenever. But this point for Act Two, we're at Holly Flax's home. And basically we find out that her and her husband take in different people in need and give them medical care, rehabilitation care. We kind of, we don't see a ton of their other patients, but we kind of get glimpses that, you know, there's some PTSD people that were used to serve in the war that they kind of take care of, which kind of repays a similar debt because their son fought in the, fought in a war. So they kind of feel like they can kind of help other veterans in need and just other people. And Bo kind of fits that billing because he, in their eyes, was like, you know, a homeless guy from Skid Row who doesn't really have a lot going for him. So they took him in, gave him medical care after they hit him with their car um, and tried to get him all better because he had some serious stab wounds. He had some serious uh, bumps and bruises from that car wreck. So then basically the next 45 minutes to an hour, we're at their house where he's just getting rehabilitative care. They have a daughter who's really, really into drugs. Their whole family's into drugs. They kind of pop the pills like desserts. And this is where I just yeah. really feel like the surface level, like pharmaceutical industries taking over the world and helping everyone treat their disease just like really shoved down their throat or like they just kept popping pills like before everything they did in their life. And uh, we, we see that they have, I don't know if it was a son or like people, like they were just watching after that, like stayed in the yard in those RVs. No, like, that was PTSD a, people. that was, was like, a, a friend of his or someone he was deployed with and, yeah, they're just watching after him. I think he was probably injured when his son died or something like that. Yeah, super weird moments. And basically this, the whole time he's there, he wants to leave to go home to get to his mom. And they kind of keep holding him there and saying like, no, you're not healthy enough yet, which partially felt weird because they were like holding him from getting back to his mom. But then at the same time, like he was severely like injured. So maybe they were just like truthfully like, you can't really go right now. You have like stab wounds galore. Uh, and then this act kind of concludes with their daughter, drinks paint because they're all just freaking weird she drinks paint kills herself holly flax tries to do cpr on her and drinks the paint out of her it's just a very weird scene and then from there they all blame Bo for it because she like painted Bo's name on the wall and then Bo basically has to run away because that ptsd guy that's staying in their yard starts to literally hunt him down like he's rambo and chases him through the woods and that kind of concludes act which, two so is there anything we want to talk which about I, like that i know he's crazy like Bo's on drugs and and probably schizophrenic or just like not all there right but you're clearly wearing an ankle monitor man you're wearing an ankle monitor <laughs> yeah I mean, like this is our special like diagnostic health monitor <laughs> yeah, that's how they track him obviously but it, and i again i know he's not all there but it's like come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so then from there the that concludes kind of the holly flax scenes of the movie and we get to the act three where he goes in the middle of the woods. And this is the part that I think a lot of people saw in the trailer, which is where there's a play going on in the woods. And there's that whole, like the gif and the scenes that everyone sees where it's like Bo walking in the fall, the spring, the winter, like the, all these things. This is where it gets really psychedelic. He's in the woods. There's a play going on. Uh, Cam, what do you got on this? Yeah. This is where I took the note of a man dressed as a ladybug, just kissed Joaquin Phoenix. Never thought you'd see that, huh? So <laughs> This is, the, this is a kind of analysis you only get on the Real Talk podcast. But <laughs> this whole – this is where basically he like – so in the description of this movie, they say it's like an odyssey for him trying to get home. And this is where it like really hammers that home where it's like literally like the, the book The Odyssey or the, the story The Odyssey where it's like he's just going on this trek in his journey and saying like he's down to his last dollar and he could either feed himself or he could go see a play and then he decides to see this play and – it's just weird. And this is where it's just so bizarre. Cause then this is where for me, the rea the blend between reality and what's just completely in his head 
got really confusing for me because we have this whole play. And then from there, we kind of figure out, like, this is where we got flashbacks of his previous life, too, when he was a kid. And he kind of meets this girl that he is, kind of gets his first crush on. And that girl, on, they're on a cruise ship with his mom, and he meets his girl. He gets crush on her, and basically this girl's like, wait for me, Bo, because she has to get – her mom takes her off the cruise. and she's Takes like, her off me. the cruise, which – yeah. Like, what? How do you no, do that? that really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she's like, wait for me. And he takes it completely literally and just doesn't have contact with a female for like 55, 60 years or however old he is because he's literally yeah. just waiting for this woman. Um, but that's just the kind of guy he is. He's just so weird and concerned with everything. Um, real then, real men wait. Yeah, real men wait for <laughs> for the girl you meet on the cruise. And yeah. Uh, this whole act kind of concludes them with that guy who was chasing him through the woods, finally getting there shooting up a ton of people like i think he threw a grenade or something unless i'm misremembering things he was, he just, was ramboing really yeah. for sure but like for me like how much of that was that just like 100 percent real like i don't know i like, did he literally I, just yeah, kill like 50 people in the woods the, I think the second like, he got to the woods with those people i was like where where because he when they started like narrating the play and it was like Bo's life and he was mm-hmm. like watching it and they were yeah. like oh well he's standing up and like Bo starts and then, up. And then but yeah, it, it it's like narrating a play, and then it goes into the narration ends with him going to a play, and he's watching another narration of that yeah. play. So I, I wrote down that it was playception. Um, yeah, perfect just, way to describe it. Also, the oh my god, the angel that was like in the sky, spooky in the, in the play, spooky. Bro, her monologue went on for like twenty five minutes mm-hmm. at least. That's the problem. That none of these were like short. It's a four or five part like movie, like Tyler said. None of them are short. Like it's yeah. not like you get through. Like you're right. And it, for me, it went way too long. But I will say this is my favorite. Like we'll call act of the movie. This is where I thought I was like buying into it. And I'm like, I think I think we can get something here. I think uh, like there's something here that I'm enjoying. Um, and then and then after that, it just went back to me not the, the, the movie. Yeah, the, the, that's that's. The play scenes are where the movie like kind of lost me. I was like invested in them me at too. first. I was like, okay, it's cool. It's just another leg of his journey. He's meeting these weird people, blah, blah, blah. And then he sits down to watch this play and it starts. And that's where it kind of just gets off the rails. And I'm like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. And we like see his dad there at it, the play. And like confused. that had me confused too. Like his dad showing yeah. up and then. Because this is all happening when they said, like, they're narrating his life for the play. And it's like, the man stands up in the audience and he sees, like, his father. And I don't know. Weird. And from there. We should, yeah, go we should also mention this is where the, uh, this is where the, like, viral kid is. Um, and he wasn't in the movie as much as I thought he was for one. Yeah. And two, that kid looks weird. No offense to him. <laughs> Yeah, but like, is it one of those things where it's like an uncanny valley because we saw him on the poster for so long? I think that's what kind of really adds to it because I think he is a pretty normal looking kid, but he just is so uncanny because for so long we all thought he was not a real kid and we thought he was just a CGI guy, which is actually just completely hilarious that it literally took until the premiere of the movie for anyone on film Twitter to be like, oh shit, it's not just like the average person like us where like didn't know he was real. Like even the biggest film buffs on Twitter were all like, oh, this guy's real. And it's like... I wonder what that kid's thinking. <laughs> like, just like he, seeing that. Like, that kid posted yeah. a TikTok. He posted a TikTok literally saying, I'm real, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And 
side note real quick like people got really mad at him for saying his four favorite films were like all movies from like 2010 it's like the kid's like legitimately 17 like what do you yeah. do you expect him to be like citizen kane is like his favorite movie ever <laughs> um, but uh yeah so then that that wraps up that act and at this point this is where i'm pretty much bought out of the movie at this point and I'm, I'm really confused where the line between real and fake is from here, Bo finally gets home after that guy comes, kills a bunch of people in the woods, and ends up killing himself because he, like, trips, and then the machine gun goes off and just shoots into his body. And, like, that's where it was just so bizarre that I was like, none of this can be real, right? Like, that's just such a weird thing to happen. He gets home to his house, to his mother's funeral, um, he, he, and he's kind of just chilling in the house after the funeral and the services are over. His mom's there with the decapitated head because the chandelier fell on her head. And uh, the, the girl who he met on the cruise ship shows up to the funeral and basically find out she worked for the mom up until like a month ago or so. this is what she's saying she's like oh i worked for your mom and this is how we kind of kept in touch and then they finally reconnect and we should mention that Bo has never had sex in his life because the story of how his dad died was his dad lost his virginity to his mom and impregnated his mom and the very first time his dad came he died from a heart uh, whatever, heart you know arrhythmia. Heart yeah, murmur or something. And you that's the I way his grandpa that died, that too. It was like his dad, his grandpa, his great-grandpa, they all died the first time they had sex is what the story was. So, George, what do you hate about that scene? The, the scene of, like, his mom telling that story, I think is shot so well. Like, it was such a cool shot where, like, the lens is, like, right up against her face and the light just kind of keeps going around. It keeps going from, like, blue mm-hmm. to light uh, to red. And I'm like, I, I wish she was saying anything else right now other Dude, than she says inside of me yeah 15 times and, I, and at, at the 13th i was like it's not i think i think what this movie is is like hey this is hey this is funny because you're uncomfortable yeah and, and that's just not humor that really i laugh at i think and i think if you do that's fine like if you like poop and fart like i think the humor, humor and puke that's not for me and this I is just me. kind of that I told me, me and Victoria noticed this after uh, when we walked out of the theater, we kind of both said it. The humor was so scattered in terms of like what people were laughing at. There was not one joke that made like my entire theater laugh. Every joke had like a different bunch of people laughing. And I thought that was very odd. I think the weird thing for the humor for me is there was times I did laugh out loud. The phone call was funny. I laughed at the part in the play when the guy just t- takes the gun out of like the speaker whenever all this shit goes down. But I think funny. the thing like for me, which like I have nothing against like not film bros, but the more cinephile side of things like, you know, the A24 lovers, the people that like fringe movies. I feel like a lot of people in my theater because I was at an early screening. So it's packed were laughing because they're like in on the joke. They're like, oh, this is so like different and cultured of me to laugh at this moment. I was like, it was like not a funny moment, but I think they were laughing because they're like, oh, Ari Aster, you did it again, sir. I'm like, <laughs> just stop. Just, just get get the balls out your mouth. And then so- I, I will say yeah. uh, on the laughing side, um, my theater, like you're, you're exactly right. They were uproaring at some things, but not others. And it would be like four people uproaring here, three people uproaring yeah. here at different points. But then there was one guy who was just snoozing down next to me six six seats down just and i'm like someone wake this guy up i i loved the guy who was sitting in front of me because he like seemed like the type that him and his wife go to movies like if there's an early screening they'll try it and go but they didn't seem like they were there because they're like an 824 ari aster fan and there's so many times like all i can see is his hand reactions but he would just like be sitting there and he's like like i he just like look at his wife he's like 
what, what, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, this guy's in for something. Because it was like early on, he was like, he was just shaking his head. He's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be fun to watch this guy. But so this act has, has the girl from the cruise shows up and kind of expectedly they have sex. It felt basically the tension in that scene very much felt like, oh, this is where it's going to be going. Um, this is the most uncomfortable sex scene that's consensual I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Good caveat to put in there. But yeah, so there's a sex yeah. scene. We're all like, oh my gosh, it's, it's tense because is Bo going to die? All of his, the patriarchs of his family died. Uh, big twist. He doesn't die. She dies when he comes inside <laughs> yeah. of her. So <laughs> something about the that's scene exactly in that family. Is I told him like, oh, this is the big twist. She dies. And I was like, great. Like, yeah. it, but then there's another. So not only does she die, she like dies and like is paralyzed, like frozen. And then yeah, she, that. yeah, she's like completely movementless. And then basically like from there we realize, and this is kind of transitions into the fifth act, his mom's standing in the door. She's alive. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And then like basically all these like kind of henchmen that work for his mom come in and like grab her, the dead body and just drag this naked corpse out of the room. Um, and then from there we realize his mom's, Alive, and this is where things just go completely off the rails because we find out. Um, basically, we get a flashback of when he's like in a bathtub as a kid, and his mom throws something up in the attic, and is like, "Never go up there." So there's always something up in there, and obviously it's like very symbolic for just like throwing something in an attic and just locking it away, and just saying, "Just like don't address that for your whole life." And uh, so then at this point, but it's she, his brother, right? Yeah, his brother's uh, up there, and then also his dad. Yeah, Which his is. yeah, his brother and his dad, and his dad's a big, big penis. So yes. big, big cock monster, the the boner you could say, is up yeah. in the attic, and yeah, I, he's got like spider arms that are like sharp daggers, and because basically, people, like, so go ahead, I. Yeah, so people like I, I really touched on this, and you know, it was a lot for clicks, just to, you know, say big penis monster like fifteen times, and it's more like, to be quite honest but people really hit home that like it's like oh his dad's a dick and it's like yeah that, that makes sense because his mom says that's your dad up there so like you get it right um and i think that would have worked if this movie was funny like to me at least I, there were people that laughed i think that would have worked for me if i had thought this movie was funny but up until it's like it's weird when you get into that horror comedy thing of you're like trying to be suspenseful, but also trying to be funny. Um, Cause it just, the, the genres don't work in that sense. And I, I, in my opinion. Um, and so I think this would have worked better and I would have been okay with it more if it made me laugh, but this is kind of where the movie just, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Uh, it's not for me. I'm out. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Big penis. So monsters. yeah, the big penis monsters in, in the attic and literally like, it's like, for the fifth time, you're like, you thought he's dead, but he's back again. The guy from the Holly Flax house chasing him with a machine gun shows up again. And this is where I was just really like, okay, I'm once again, just simply don't know what's real and what's not. He shows up in the attic, tries to kill Bo. The penis monster like stabs him through the head, kills him. So finally he's like dead. And then Bo basically falls down the attic and she's like, you see, this is what I protected you from. Basically his brother eating from a dog bowl and water bowl in the attic and his dad being a, a huge dick, uh, literally. Um, anything we want to touch on that before we get to the final ending? I feel like we spent a lot of time on Bo. Is this a, is this a like mommy issues movie or a daddy issues movie? Like it just, I don't know. A I think it's a mommy movie issues movie. That's, it is. And, and a lot of her, 
her dealings right. with him is a result of his daddy. So it's like okay, it's that's a whole fair. family sure. trouble. Sure. Um, but yeah, because we basically realize like his mom lied to him his whole life to try and make him like not have sex and control him. And she's just been very controlling in his life. Always kind of thought he was a loser. Um, very. Yeah. A lot of Freudian mommy issues in this. And then from there, we kind of. This is like, I don't know, we get to the fifth act here, which is a another rug pull once again, where it's basically a Truman Show style review, re- reveal, which is again, where I'm for the 17th time, like what here has been real and what hasn't? Because basically he's been in an arena, he's in an arena floating away on this boat, trying to get away from his mother, who he choked out and slammed through a table and runs away from his house. Um, basically we find out that his therapist the whole time was working with his mom and telling her everything. And it kind of seemed like the whole thing was his mom faked her whole death to basically see what his reaction would be like and to see if he was upset enough, urgent enough to get home. How much did he actually love her? Just a very weird thing to do. And he chokes her, slams her through the table, runs away, gets in this boat, sails away. And then basically all those lights come on when he's sailing away, his motor goes out. We realize he's in the middle of a big Coliseum style auditorium where it looks like it's some dystopian futuristic trial going on between his mother um, suing him or trying to get him killed for basically not loving him enough and then Bo has like this 1-800 lawyer defense lawyer who's it was funny how like basically it's like you can't afford a real lawyer so basically he gets like a cheap mic so no one can hear him and and uh yeah so Truman Show-esque in terms of everyone just watching him like this whole time like I don't know when he was in that arena and when he wasn't um because she makes comments like uh you know, like, oh, your fake little keys in your fake little apartment. And, of course, Holly Flax passes on a note that says, like, don't incriminate yourself. He has an ankle bracelet. So, clearly, he's been under some kind of police-esque watch this whole time, supposedly. Or maybe it was once she hit him with the van. That's when they threw him in this prison type thing. So, maybe the whole L.A. stuff was real with him and Skid Row. And then once he gets hit with the car, that's when he becomes in prison. And none of that's real because he's just on a drug trip inside of this prison cell this is where i'm just completely lost for the movie because we find out he's basically been in this holding cell on trial from his mom for not loving him enough um where do you guys think like what what here's real and what's not Uh, i have no idea yeah honestly i was in thinking that this was like a truman show type thing i truly thought that that was just like like you kind of just opened my eyes to a whole different way of looking at this movie right there tyler i'm not gonna lie oh wow Uh, damn (laughs) I was saying I'm not smart enough to interpret this film because I yeah I knew the the ankle tracker was that's where I was like okay and then the don't incriminate yourself note that Holly Flack passed I was like, okay something deeper is going on but then once we got past the like the play scene and we got to the mom's house I was like okay is she like actually alive is this actually happening like what and then obviously the giant penis monster that's where I was like there's no way this is happening so at the end of the movie I was kind of sitting there I was like all of that had to have been in this dude's head. Like he is not taking too well to the death of his mother. And he's like bugging out. He's feeling guilty because he feels like she died before he was able to like truly like make up with her and like be on good terms with her. Um, But well, now I want to watch this movie again, Tyler, (laughs) because you truly just opened my eyes to a lot. This not to, not to touch on like, um, like what's real and what's not but did you this ending it just took so long it took so damn long i thought and like the the trial scene just kept going and kept going um and it felt like for me every scene just kept going and kept going but i thought after we got penis monster it was almost over and then there's like 10 minutes or 15 minutes left in the film um 
yeah, it just it was too much. And I, and it's and just to touch on like other movies with like what's real and what's not, and with and with Joaquin Phoenix, um, Joker like is like a big like what's real, what's not? Did he kill himself when he got in the fridge? Whatever. But it feels like at least that movie has like a cohesive plot and like ending kind of. And this thing just isn't cohesive at all, um, in in my opinion. Um, and I think that's kind of where it falls apart. So it's not fun guessing what's real and what's not because it's not cohesive in my opinion. That's fair. And to, to wrap it up of kind of where this movie ends then is he's on this trial for not loving his mom enough. Um, the jury and the crowd's all convinced that he did not love his mom enough. So the judge, jury, and executioner, he's kind of in his boat. It eats him like a little, those flowers that, you know, just like come up and just eat people. Eats him, Bo's dead. He dies to end the movie, or at least that's what we're led to believe. Like, I mean, he doesn't come back that he's alive, but I just don't know what's real or what's not. So he dies here. And then for me, like, sometimes rating movies are arbitrary. So for me, I was like, that's a three out of five movie. But when he was in the auditorium scene, I was like, if, if Ari Aster ends this movie by, like, starting the credits as people are walking out of the auditorium and then just has that play while, like, we're supposed to be walking out of the theater, I'm like, I'll throw him an extra .5 stars because for some reason I think I, I would like that. I was like, if he just has all the people walking out of the movie auditorium when everyone's walking out of the theater auditorium, I think that'd be a cool little touch. And he did that, so I was like, oh, I'll bump it up to 3.5. Just kind of <laughs> like the little end credits there. But uh, this is a weird, weird movie. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on it? We went pretty deep into the whole story of this, but that's about as deep as I could personally go because I just don't know for a lot of this stuff. I think, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add? My, my last, my last... Uh, no, Tyler is um, when he strangles his mom, he stops strangling her. And then she like stands there for a second, then throws herself into the, uh, uh, into like the fish tank or whatever it was. And I, and I made a comment saying flop, we're going the other way. So that was, a <laughs> which kind of makes sense when you see that like, she was actually alive. So maybe she like wanted to make him believe. Yeah. He was dead uh, yeah. So George, we, any final thoughts? No, that I All think that we Seth just about wrap everything up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bridge again for while, while Seth's me. unmuting himself. So no more spoilers we'll talk about here. But yeah, it's a it's quite the trip of a movie. It's um it's a weird one for sure. And, Seth, uh, can you hear us? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, we're we're done when, with. When do you, when does he get this? When does he get this? When do you uh, get it? May eighteenth, I think. I think I think okay. your real beef should delayed. be with A twenty four. They're always the company yeah, that doesn't so, get it out. Yeah, to, yeah it's always A twenty four. Which, which for years they've had that indie vibe where you could put it put it aside. But I think at this point we can't really say A twenty four doesn't have the money to be distributing these movies worldwide no. at the same time. But um, yeah. And then one final note, which again, no spoilers. So don't worry, Seth. Is I saw this movie in IMAX because that's what like the early screening was. I think it's in IMAX. I'm never gonna say don't see a movie in IMAX. I think it's always a cool experience. But sure, this movie looked pretty, but. I didn't gain much from the IMAX experience. I don't know, Cameron George, if you saw an IMAX, but I really don't think I, this is a movie you need to see in IMAX. I don't know if you need to see it in IMAX, but like I said, the camera work was my favorite part, so I enjoyed it. Right, uh, camera work's great, but I don't think I gained anything from like the Uber yeah, speakers but, and the stadium seating of yeah. this crazy screen. I was like, this does not need to be an IMAX movie, but whatever. <laughs> A24's most expensive movie to date. Ari Aster's taking a big swing. And we're all mixed on it. Cam's the lowest. George is a little lower than me, but I'm still not that high. But I will say I'm 100% all for giving directors a big budget and just giving them full creative control and just letting them make something like Babylon, Bo is Afraid. Even if it's a miss for me, I just love seeing something that's just pushing the boundaries and being weird. So I at least appreciate movies for like, like this for existing. But we'll wrap it up there with Bo is Afraid. 
Um, moving on now to Evil Dead Rise. The only one who's seen it so far is Seth, and he gave his initial thoughts on it when he initially saw it about oh. a month ago at this point. But no, no, not seeing it. I wanted to speak to about some. I'm so yeah. mad. I'm, I'm so going to be seeing it like this weekend, so I will be yeah. seeing it for next pod. But I, yeah, don't worry, you can talk about whatever. But Legend, I'm, sca- I'm scared for you. Know, you tell cool me it's not sequence. scary, but give me your thoughts, Seth. <laughs> yeah, I think I spoke. I touched on it like briefly when I watched Diffy two, three weeks ago, whatever it was. It's good. It's um, I had a good time with it. I think if you're an Evil Dead fan, there is no doubt in my mind you'll have a good time with it. It's absolute carnage, especially in the last like thirty minutes. It does take a while to get going. The dialogue can be quite clunky at times. Um, there is the comedy element factor there, the absurdity factor that all the Evil Dead's had, which was nice to see. And it does you know, rely on the same Evil Dead, um, the Book of Dead and stuff like that. It utilizes the same things. It's still in that universe. And it was nice seeing it in a different area, you know, not in the woods or anything like that, in a city environment, in these apartments. Um, scary. I think the trailer made it seem scarier than actually is the actual film i don't think it's that scary at all i know you could say like whatever i watched a lot of horror it's not that scary it's more just absurd in a graphic kind of way i'm glad you touched on that that trailer was gnarly like the trailer didn't yeah you think it would be terrifying i mean i did watch it on a laptop so i think if i watched it in cinema it might be like a you know a little bit different um i think there is creepy moments there's not really many jump scares there's like one or two maybe um Tyler, have you watched The Evil Dead from 2013 yet? I have not. I need to watch Are that in Army it? of Darkness. Okay. Um, so it's quite comparable to that in terms of the gore. You know, they really step up and Archie is fucking disgusting a lot of it, which is what a lot of people go to Evil Dead films for. If you go to that Evil Dead films for that, which most people do, you're going to have a great time. Um, I think the script wasn't amazing, but again, I didn't really go looking for that. It's unapologetically silly, uh, absurd, and just obscenely violent. And I think I said in my review, it's just an onslaught of sadistic carnage for like the past, the last like forty five minutes. And when I say bad, like it's really fucking bad. Which is, you know, it's it, it's a, it's a fun thing to see. There's not really much to spoil, really. You know, like it's not something where you're going to go in depth. They do try and touch on themes of like motherhood at points, but I think you know we're not going to see Evil Dead to see that. We're going to see Evil Dead to see stupid shit and 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 gore and effects and stuff like that. And I will say some of the effects were a little bit wonky at times. But I think overall they did a really good job with it. I've said it before. It's very, very hard to have a horror franchise to have five plus films and all of them be good. I rate all of them uh, three or above. This one a 3.5, so just ahead of the 2013 version. However, I know some people like the 2013 version um, more than me. George, I think you'll rate it around the same. I can imagine you'll get like a 3.5. It's good. It's good fun. It's not like the classics. It doesn't have the same feel, but at the same time, it goes back to its old old elements of absurdity and once it gets going it really gets going as well so yeah 3.5 for me um if you're a fan of the evil dead films you will there's no doubt you will enjoy it that's all i'll say about it yeah i'll ask you some questions that i've been seeing people talk about this film on twitter so some people had an issue with they felt like the blend between trying to get that same raimi comedy charm while also being like the 2013 more gory scary version felt a little uneven at times like how they're trying to play both sides but I've seen some people say it worked really well. Some people said like that was kind of an issue for them in the movie where it felt a little like they didn't know what they wanted to be. Do they want to be the comedy Raimi or do they want to be the more, you know, crazy gory 2013? Where do you kind of land on that? Yeah, I probably agree. I think it, it does struggle to balance that a little bit. Um, I would say more reliable elements of the 2013. So in terms of the gore, in terms of just the, the carnage, sadistic violence all the way through. But I would say 
that it does struggle to strike the perfect balance between Raimi's flair, Raimi's style, which, let's be fair, it's Sam Raimi. It's going to be hard to replicate that in a way, especially with the Evil Dead films. Uh, but I would say that the balance isn't there, especially in the first 30 minutes or so when it tries. Well, actually, the opening scene I, I really liked, and the title card I know you mentioned as well, that was great. Uh, the opening sort of 10 minutes is, is really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And the title card scene is fantastic. But then that, that kind of 20 minutes after that, when it's kind of setting you up with this family, whatever, it's neither here nor there. It's fine. Um, it doesn't didn't really entice me too much. I, th- I do think it struggles to strike a balance. But then again, I would say what it does do well is when it comes to the elements that people go and watch the Evil Dead for, you know, the, the, the violent gore, it, it does that. It levels up that as we've we've seen from each film. So yeah, uh, I think it does. I think it does struggle strike a balance slightly. Okay, and then another thing I've been seeing is people say, which is weird, a weird comment to me because I, I haven't seen it yet. But people are saying there's a lot of characters that are just like throwaway and not that developed. But for me, like, I feel like a lot of horror movies are kind of like that. And I feel like like for me, I've only seen the first two Evil Devs, and there's like definitely characters in both of those that are like throwaway characters that you don't really have to know much about. So like, was it egregiously bad in this one, or is that a criticism you don't really fall in? No, not really egregiously bad because again, I wasn't really expecting too much when it comes to that in general because I know what I'm getting into with Evil Dead film, especially if you've seen the 2013 one. So I don't think it's egregiously bad. I think if you if you're not a, say if this is your first one and you go into this as your first Evil Dead film, it might annoy you. But for someone who is already familiar with the franchise, as most people are at this stage when it comes to Evil Dead films, I don't think it'll really bother majority of people anyway. Also. I think it had one of the first ever transgender actors featured in horror. I did that's quite cool that. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's quite cool. Yeah, so then one, one review I saw was basically like, if you like horror, you're going to love this movie. Um, if you don't like horror, don't step a single foot into a theater. And I think what they were going for there was not necessarily because it's so terrifying, but because probably it's just so intense with the gore and how crazy the four, final 45 minutes are that like, if you're not a horror fan, like you're going to be just overwhelmed by this. So... Yeah, for me, I don't like scary movies much. I'm trying to get more into them. But I think normally, since like I'm just like a wuss with being scared, but like gore and intenseness, I don't really have an issue with. I think I'll be able to survive this one okay, but we'll see. I would have to... I think you'll be fine. I, I don't know what you'll think. I know exactly what George will think, because we tend to align with the Evil Dead films, but I don't know what you will think, because you haven't seen the 2013 film. And it is different from the original trilogy. You could end up liking them more because the, the the original ones do kind of fall more into that campy range, especially with Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. So I don't know where you'll land. I think you should watch 2013 beforehand if you can. It's not necessity, mm-hmm. but I think you should if you can anyway. No, yeah, absolutely. Like when I, I'm going to go see this basically once I get Army of Darkness and Evil and Evil Dead 2013 watched, which should be sometime this weekend. So I'm either going to go tonight or tomorrow or the next day, but I'm for sure going to watch those ones first. And I didn't love the first or the second a lot of people when i said i gave like a three to the first they're like oh the second one will get you more on board but for me i think i actually rated it like 0.1 lower so i don't think i'm a huge fan of the raimi trilogy i still need to see army of darkness so yeah i'll be interested to see where i, I, I don't think this. you'll love i don't think you'll love army of darkness to be honest if you didn't love the first two. fair yeah, but maybe it'll be i'll be inter- it, really interested to see how 2013 more campy so yeah. i'll be interested <laughs> like, to see how 2013 is for me then like maybe like i love that yeah, and don't yeah, love yeah. the original um but yeah i i don't know we'll see i'm gonna watch them this weekend so Look out for my letterbox reviews, and then I'll go in to see Evil Dead Rise in a theater alone. So that'll be a good test for me being a horror noob. So um, from there, well, uh, yeah, three point five out of five for Seth, and uh, yep. I, I, George and I have it pretty high on our priority list to go see it. Um, 
It's been fun seeing all our all our mutuals on Letterboxd. Like I've seen a lot of mutuals have been checking this one out this weekend. So Evil Dead Rise. It's pretty, like most people are pretty highly rated. I'm seeing like yeah. the people I follow. There's a, a lot, lot of four fours. and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. fours, four and a half, and then three. The lowest I've seen on mine is a two, and that's one person. Everyone else is a three point five or above. Yeah, so I was gonna say I haven't even seen anyone on three. Uh, it's not Owen, no, I don't think he's seen it yet, to be fair. Uh, but it will be, probably. No, it won't be, because he likes Evil Dead, I think. <laughs> they yeah. like that shit, so I don't know. From there, we will move into Ghosted. We'll touch on this super quick. Cam's not here, but uh, he'll give his thoughts when he comes back. Ghosted is just... So, with ChatGPT being a thing, a lot of people like to make the joke, being like, oh, this movie's like a social experiment. It's made by ChatGPT. This one genuinely, I think, was made by AI, because... There is a comical, like an absurd amount of famous actor cameos in this movie. I mean, I didn't write them all down. I'm just going to name them off the top of my head. But like Adrian Brody randomly shows up. Anthony Mackie randomly shows up. Um, who's the dude who plays Bucky Barnes, who's in Fresh? Um, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan, Stan yeah. randomly shows up. Um, oh, God. I wish Cam was here because there's like not even kidding probably 10 more actors who are like in big name projects every year that just show up for a quick scene and it just literally felt like someone went to chat gpt and said like write an action rom-com with 15 a-list actors and a popular pop song soundtrack and this just was <laughs> the movie spit out because like it's just a corny romance between honor to armas and chris evans and then just every scene you just have these characters come in for five minutes of the movie and it's like sickening how like many like it's just like oh my god another another actor just showed up it's like oh my god another person i recognize from stuff showed up and then so many just corny pop songs like um what's that song like "Ooh, i'm a rebel uh, feel good or whatever that that starts playing like 30 seconds into the movie and that's when you just know you're like oh i'm in a for a campy treat here i cannot believe how many people actually watch this movie over that's what pisses me off because everyone's always like oh I movie theaters are dying and streaming's taking over and then we see this this weekend so far of 2023 we've had so many big name releases come out in yeah. theaters ghosted by far is the most logged of all my mutual it's like <laughs> you guys are all complaining ghost. about streaming taking over you're clearly feeding into it but that's why i like <laughs> tweeted i was like why is everyone watching ghosted when so many movies came out in theaters and like two seconds later i quote tweeted that tweet i'm like now watching ghosted <laughs> but i did my part and saw all these movies that were released except evil dead rise in theaters um but all ended there for me i gave it a one star purely like i know cam's lower than it but i gave it a one star purely because this movie is so bad but, like, I didn't hate my time watching it, where stuff like 65 and, like, Moonfall, like, I just oh genuinely, like, God. wanted to turn off because I hated. This, I was like, whatever. It's like a one star. It, it got me got me a couple little pieces of enjoyment. But it's a 1.7 out of 10 for me, so I'm not, like, Stop saying it's anything glowing. I hate, man. Cam, Can you what's hear your me thoughts now? on Ghosted? Yes. Yeah, so my thought on the first off on your uh, post of everyone's watching this, this has, without a doubt, the biggest movie stars. And that's yeah. what people watch movies for now. Like whether you want to say like movies have movie stars anymore or not, um, whatever. But uh, that's my thought on it is has the biggest actors of the week. And like Joaquin Phoenix is huge, but he's not Chris Evans or Ana de Armas huge um, for the general audience. Now, that being said about Ghosted, this thing's ass, this thing's shit, this thing's piss, this thing's the worst fucking movie of the year. I'm not a Skinamarink fan. This thing was less entertaining than Skinamarink. Uh, I would have rather stood in front of my wall all all the all two hours or whatever. And this movie, there are movies that I rate extremely low, like Transformers: The Last Night, which I think is incomprehensible. But again, it's like kind of fun in the sense that it's Transformers action. 
This movie stinks, man. And I don't care. I'm going to spoil it. Spoilers three, two, one. You've had your time. I'm fuck you and these stupid ass cameos. And and I, it's fun that like Anthony Mackie and, and Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans are all pals. Fuck you. This is a money laundering tactic, Tyler. And I know you mentioned that. This is bullshit. And Ryan got Ryan Reynolds shows up. I forgot and, about and Ryan Reynolds showing up for two seconds. Ryan too. Reynolds too. John Cho shows up. And this stupid ass goddamn. Uh, de Armas looks. Tim Blake horrible. Nelson shows up. Uh, yeah, Tim Blake Nelson. I didn't even think that was a cameo. I thought he was more a character. But you're right. It was a cameo because he was there for like three minutes and he gets die and then he gets killed. Uh, Ana de Armas looks horrible for as worse as she can look. Like she looks amazing, obviously. She's a beautiful woman. The worst wig ever. I don't think she's on screen half the time. I think it's just a body double and a, and they put her face on. Chris Evans is standing in front of a green screen this entire movie. I don't think they're next to each other. Fuck you for making Chris Evans this loser incel who can't or not. He's not an incel, I guess, because he has sex, but. He's this loser, hopeless romantic who can't find love. This is Chris fucking Evans. If Jesus Christ came to Earth, he'd probably look like Chris Evans if he wanted to look like an attractive person. Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me, you stupid heads at Apple? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, man. The thing that's so ridiculous that? about the cameos is so Burn Gorman uh, might not be a name brand actor, but I think we've all seen Watcher. He was like kind of the main guy in Watcher. Yeah. Who, so for me, I literally thought like 20 minutes in this movie, I'm like, oh, I'm clever. Burn Gorman's the taxi driver. He's going to come nope. back and be the villain. No, it's just the first of like 70 cameos. They just want to throw yeah. in actors, you know, from other stuff. But I literally thought I was like, oh, that taxi driver, he's like innocent now, but he's going to be the big bad. No, I don't. You don't ever see him again. Right. It's just like Burn Gorman's a taxi driver for a scene. It's like what this is weird. And like, and- like I mentioned in my TikTok uh, tweet and letterbox review, like I've, this movie said it was two hours. But like an hour 40 passed and like the credits hit. And I'm like, we got like 20 minutes of credits for this movie. Like this has yeah. to be a, like some scheme to money launder or something. There's the credits are insanely long. There's so many production companies, so many actors, so many songs they had to give credit to. Like what? It, this is such a fake movie. The worst part of this goddamn movie is the sound editing. I do not understand what the hell was going on. You can't hear any of the dialogue. And then when the action hits, you blow your ears off. I don't know if Tyler, you had that experience. But I was watching this in my room like we just put Bailey to sleep. So I don't want it super loud, but I had to turn it up. So say like my TV set on 15. I was at 30 for this entire movie. And then the action just blew my ears off and I had to like turn it down. Um, oh, my God. It's that was the worst part. And then Ana de Armas and I said this in my uh, TikTok review. Ana de Armas is a really good action actor. Like she's really good in No Time to Die and and uh, uh, like the. Was she, was she, I don't even remember Ray man. She has some action. She's fine. She's better in that than this. Um, and they just waste her, man. Like, she, and I, I've, I've seen a lot of tweets about like her last five have been tinkered. They have, and I think she's too popular for her own good right now. Um, where she was getting put in a small, not a small role in Knives Out, but she's like genuine. Like she's, she's not the hot girl in Knives out like she's a real person in knives out and then in blade runner 2049 she is the hot girl but like it's different in like it, she's like a figment of ryan gosling's not imagination she's just ai but like you know what i'm saying like i just i think she's too famous for her own good right now she's getting cat typecast in a lot of roles um as like this attractive girl who's also kind of actiony 
Uh, other than other than and I think Blonde was the big swing of like, this is my Oscar attempt, which it was. She got nominated for an Oscar, but she made a movie that she didn't make the movie. She was in a movie that was extremely, uh, uh, we'll say, rude to Marilyn Monroe. And, and so people don't like it, but she was good in it. Um, I just I don't know. man. Fuck you. Well, Fuck yeah, well, we don't need to go too much deeper into Ghosted, but the yeah, the amount of times they say tax man in this is sick. Oh. Of- uh, yeah the, oh my it, god it's like it, it's just stupid like the, the, I, not even exaggerating 250 times they say the word tax man because that's like the I, name of like the covert agent they're trying to track down mm-hmm. i think this is the best i've ever done on just like straight up review like my reviews don't do well and it's probably because i just ramble which is fine um this was a rant and i got a lot of comments of like just turn it on and like have fun like watch it with your wife turn on and i can do that i think i find a lot of movies you can turn off your brain and have fun this is not one of them for me i was watching with emma and she was like and during what the first action scene she's like have they spoken in the last 30 minutes and i'm like yes they have but you can't fucking hear it because the sound editing is so bad Uh, and then she's like this sucks like she didn't like it and so i watched this with emma i watched it with my significant other we were not doing anything we just turned it on it sucks it's bad I'm very happy for you if you had a good time with it, but it sucks and it's bad. Yeah, it's an average 2.4 on Letterboxd. I need movies like this to exist, though. I love movies like this for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. That's because once we're done recording this, I go into probably like four or five hours of like clipping up videos, making thumbnails, posting stuff to Patreon. Like Saturdays and Sundays, I'm grinding in here. And I always have movies on. And I can't be watching Bergman, David Lynch, Tarantino on my other monitor. I need movies like Ghosted to exist in this world to get me through these long days of grinding my computer where I can just have some mindless shit on my TV and just kind of be there and just give me some something to look at, pop in every 10 minutes, be like, oh, that's an interesting plot line. Keep moving with my day. So Ghosted, I respect movies yeah. for you like that, but we'll move on. One thing like- And it's, I pro- love- it's probably going to do numbers for Apple TV+. Plus. I'm sure it'll be yeah. like the highest I, stream movie ever. Or something I loved like Chris uh, Movies Are Therapy's review on, on Letterboxd. Uh, he says, sometimes I worry I'll never sell a screenplay and movies like this give me hope. So that's pretty much <laughs> the greatest way to sum it up. That was funny. That's um, funny. And then, uh, as I mentioned, we're, we're pretty heavy on movie reviews this week, but not a ton of nerd news and stuff. So we're taking a little more time in the movie reviews, but I'll, I'll go quickly over the Guy Ritchie's The Covenant because... When Jake Gyllenhaal has a movie, I know not just me, but a lot of people perk their ears up and want to see what he's on screen for uh, next. Obviously, he has the last two movies he's been in have not been very successful with the ambulance not being very well critically received and Strange World being a massive. Well, well, Strange World was the biggest box office flop of 2022, so can't really get much. What was the last film he did that was like very highly regarded? Probably like nocturnal. We talked about this. I said he's on a stinker. We've talked about this in an episode. Jake Gyllenhaal is on a stinker run. Oh, it'd be it'd be Ultra, wouldn't it? I think. Oh yeah, Ultra. What was that? Twenty sixteen. Seventeen. I think Nocturnal Animals like has like a cult following from like twenty eighteen, yeah. but Nocturnal Animals. It does. Yeah. It's it's. I was I did like uh, thrillers or whatever, and that was like people's number like four. Or something. Yeah, it's got. Right? A Am cult I thinking following. of the right movie? No, uh, yeah. it's him and Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, think I am, but I, I've never seen it, but it was like people highly rated it. He's on a yeah. stinker one. But um, yeah. so yeah, I'll, I'll get into this quick. So I've been pretty vocal that I don't love Guy Ritchie movies. Like the comedy just doesn't really work for me. He, had, You know, most Guy Ritchie movies are action-packed, thriller-esque movies that have a lot of, you know, dry comedy, witty banter to kind of ease the tension and make it more lighthearted. 
That's the same exact thing here, which from the trailer of this movie, I thought this was going to be the least Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie movie ever, which in some aspects is true. But from this trailer, I th- you would think this is just going to be a straight up war movie, like not really going to have that Jason Statham type dialogue that Guy Ritchie's known for that just has those witty quips. We didn't get that, though. The first 30 minutes of this movie when they're on like the military base before everything goes down, Jake oh. Gyllenhaal, Dar Salim, and a lot of the co-stars, they all have that witty banter back and forth. And I don't think any of them are capable of doing it. Like Jason Statham is great at doing that. And all the cast of like the gentlemen, Snatch, they just they're comedic they have good comedic elements. Jake Gyllenhaal, as much as I love him, not a comedic actor, nor is any of his supporting cast in this. So when they're delivering these lines, I could just like hear other actors saying them, but like Jake Gyllenhaal trying to do these witty quips didn't work for me. And I found it really uncomfortable to get into the movie with this like typical Guy Ritchie dialogue. But from there we get into it. Basically, the story, as you can see from the trailer, is like Jake Gyllenhaal, is, his squadron gets attacked by the Taliban. Him and uh, his translator, Dar Salim, are the only two that survive. Jake Gyllenhaal gets like basically almost killed from how badly injured he is. And Dar Salim takes him across the entire desert of Afghanistan, drags him, like pushes him, drags him the entire way for miles and miles to get him to safety, saves his life. Jake Gyllenhaal gets recovered, brought home. And they basically find out that Dar Salim is still in Afghanistan still in danger. So he's like, this dude saved my life. I got to go back and protect him, bring him, get him visas for family, bring him home. This is based on a true story. So there's a, there's a real sergeant that it's happened to real translator. Um, and just from like the description of that, this isn't a movie that really lends itself to be very cinematic. The most of the movie is Jake Gyllenhaal being unconscious and another dude dragging him across the desert. And then once we get done with that, it's Jake Gyllenhaal flying back over there, driving across the desert. Like a lot of this is just long driving and walking across the desert, trying to find someone just didn't really care for it a ton. Uh, the final action scene is like, I don't know. Like it's, I feel like they had no advisor. I mean, I don't know anything. I've never been in the military. I feel like they had no military advisors on like how an operation goes down because basically they just have like a chopper gunner in a scene. That's just, I don't know. There's a very, very cinematic final scene, I'll say, and something that you're like, if this happened in real life, I don't really know that the military would be doing shit like this, but maybe who knows. Um, funny thing, like Anthony Starr, like he was like, he's like, oh, first like of Anthony Starr in The Covenant. He's in the movie for 45 seconds. Like legitimately, he doesn't come in until the final 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, he's on screen for 30, 45 seconds. So it's just weird. It's, it's the whole movie is Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim, just them two. Uh, you get classic Jake Gyllenhaal moments of him screaming in a mirror and being belligerently drunk and having rage-filled scenes. For me, I give it a three stars, very middle of the road. There's parts I like, parts I didn't like. Movie got a round of applause, standing ovation in my theater, though, but it was, like, all, like, dads that were just like, yeah, the U.S. military saved the day. So it was like, if you're a dad, you'll probably love this movie, or if you like war flicks, you'll probably like it. Um, But for me, I thought it was just very average, which, unfortunately for me, with Guy Ritchie, that's just kind of how I see everyone. So I'm like, that was just, like, average to me whatever right now he's it's quite highly rated i believe yeah it actually is doing pretty well he's doing another film uh with henry cavill is just rap film Mm -hmm. isn't he yeah i think the weird thing with guy ritchie is that the operation fortune like he actually finished filming like a long ass time ago and for some reason just kept getting delayed so like that came out in america like just like two months ago and this just came out Mm-hmm. But and I'm guessing the movie just finished wrapping will come out next year. So I think he's on like a one film per year basis, which is still like a crazy pace. But I think it like is even elevated more by like Operation Fortune being delayed. Um, yes. But yeah, this movie I, um, right now is a 3.7. So yeah, it's pretty high. I need but to take like back my ones. comment. I need mm-hmm. to take back my comment. I forgot. 
Spider-Man Far From Home is his last good movie. That's my fault. My fault. <laughs> he is credited for No Way Home, too, though. Also No Way Home. Yeah. Is. Far From Home's better. Best live-action Spider-Man, but that's fine. <laughs> um, Cam, we'll, we'll keep it right back on you. So I gave it 5.9 out of 10 for three stars for The Covenant, but Mandalorian Season 3, very polarizing. Um, yeah. As I tweeted, you were like one of the only people I saw defending it. Everyone seemed to just dislike it, even people that generally seem to like Star Wars content. Where do you fall on this? It's weird. Sorry, Kel. It's weird because I was seeing so many people negative about it on social, but I was seeing Cam positive. However, I go on IMDb because I'm like, this must be like a five rated episode. It's actually like pretty highly rated as well, but Is I've it, only seen so, so I don't think people's issue was with the episode. I think people, and, and you know, some people. Season. This again, it frustrates me a little. And yeah, the season as a whole, definitely the worst of the three. It's the weakest of the three. It's slow. Um, I, and I'm fine with the side story episodes with the like overarching last 10 minutes of each episode, kind of moving the plot. Um, I, I like that, you know, of the show. And I've liked that since season one, this does it a little bit, um, like slower, I would say. Um, so I'm not gonna, not gonna argue that. I still think it's good. Some people are arguing this and some people, Josiah Smethers coming for you. Um, I, I love him. Uh, he said, this is worse than book of Boba Fett, which is just an, in my opinion, an asinine take, um, which is fine. Um, this episode was really good. I don't know what people are upset about this episode. It's a lot. It's a lot due to fan theories again. Um, this episode was the end of the season, and guess what it did? It ended the season. It didn't set up Ahsoka. It didn't end up set up the movie they announced. And I think that's a lot of people's biggest gripe, whether they want to admit it or not. I saw a lot of things that are like, I'm really disappointed in what happened because. It just ended. It was a happy ending for the characters that were in the show. Um, and people are mad that like no one died. Someone died in the previous episode. Um, and it was like a fairly emotional death on like Star Wars TikTok. You know, people were like happy with that death. So I, I don't necessarily know. I think people like the last two episodes. I don't think they liked set up for it. And I've also seen that comment. Um, I won't get into it a ton. Could have utilized some characters some more. Um uh, especially Moff Gideon wasn't utilized this season a ton. He was more of a lurking um, character. I think this episode had some of the best action we've seen in, um, in in this series as a whole. And I think most people agree on that part, at least. Like, there's a very good in-the-air fight because Seth and Tyler, like, you, you probably don't know or care. Mandalorians are uh, big for, like, using jetpacks. So, they like, that's, like, a big thing they have. So, there's a big, like, in-the-air fight of, like, a, a ton of Mandalorians and it's cool to see for me at least um it's very cool to see like the a lot of characters that are from like animation uh, move to move to, uh live action just cool to see as a Star Wars fan in my opinion it definitely like they could have teased some stuff I, I'm not saying they couldn't have um but they wanted to end their show and end their uh this this could be like the end of the Mandalorian I, I, I'm pretty sure they confirmed they're doing a season four they'll do more up until that movie i think that movie will be like the nightcap of this show um and this could have been the end of the show and i think people would have been happier honestly i think if they didn't just like have these theories that it's going to like tie into ahsoka in any way or, or into this new movie that's going to be the culmination of the mandoverse which just got announced like i think i think it would have been better received if you didn't like it that's fine um to say it's worse than book of boba fett is bonkers um was it an actor or was it someone on the cast or crew that said like 
they were yeah they, so, they were like oh if you thought episode nine was intense just yeah, wait until no, this week. Lied, I think that I think lied. that added too many flames yes. to the fire too. So so that was the guy who plays Mando who's not Pedro Pascal. So the guy who actually like walks around as a Mandalorian. Um yeah he lied he lied. <laughs> uh but guess what? He got himself in the news for a week. <laughs> uh, he and he has not for an entire three seasons of the show. No one knew who this fucker was before last week. So good on him he he blatantly lied like there was nothing um there was no death maybe he thought like <laughs> that episode seven was the one he was talking about and that's where the, like the big death would be um but he just just blatantly lied yeah he's like it was like, it did get like i hear you guys have been up. asking for more from these episodes just wait till this final one and like arguably yeah. it's probably yeah. like from what i've been hearing like the least happened in yeah. terms of the season so i don't know funny um but yeah, yeah positive review uh, all no, around from you yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to say it's the best thing ever. Like, I, I think, in my personal opinion, this is better than the season one finale. The season one finale sees more seasons to come, with the, especially with Darksaber, which, again, you guys don't know or care. Uh, it's a big thing from the Clone Wars animated series and the Rebels animated series, and they teased it in live action, which is awesome. I think that is why people look back on season one's finale and think it's incredible. I think that's the sole reason, basically, and a couple of them. But Would you say overall this, this season is your least favorite season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. But but that's more a testament to the other two seasons as opposed to you ripping. I hold the other two seasons very highly, but um, I think most people agree this is the worst, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but season three, that's not missing, and I'm not going to touch on it a bunch. Ted Lasso fucking bangs this season. <laughs> um, it's so damn good, and and most Did the people. The 62 agree minute on that, episode so. come out yet? Because a lot of people are mad episode. that a sitcom are having like a, an hour plus episode. The last episode was like an hour nine. Yeah, okay. It was yeah. Fucking people great. were pissed off. It was about incredible. That, but <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't see that. But maybe that's fine. It's yeah. great. I think they were just pissed off of the runtime of even watching the episode. It wasn't really the same episode. Bad. Like, why is a sitcom sixty nine minutes? But it's like, yeah. whatever. Because it's good. That's why peeps. <laughs> All right, peeps. everyone. If, you, if you're enjoying this episode so far, make sure that like button on YouTube, or if you're on Spotify or Apple, rate us five stars. Leave us on a, a, re, a review on Apple if you are. We just passed 1K reviews on Spotify. Let's keep climbing those charts. Apple, I think we're like almost at 100 reviews. So rookie numbers. We, we, hit, it. we hit it. We did. We did. Okay. But still, we got to get more Apple reviews. So leave us one. If you have Apple Podcasts downloaded, go pop over there, even if Spotify is your main driver. But uh, Cam, I'll turn it to you for this uh, this tune to get us into the next segment. Oh, uh, hey, hey, hey! It's trailer time. And we I are... forgot where we were. I forgot where we were. I, <laughs> well, I was about to do Star Wars theme. <laughs> well, that was you were you were perfect. I missed that. that. Good job. So we'll start with Insidious: The Red Door. Um, I'm not. I haven't dipped my toe into this universe at all. Don't really know if I want you to. You don't see the first one. That can't be a surprise to you. Watch the, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, that, is that is a surprise. That, the, the first, first one, one you should so, see. Like, Tyler, I haven't, I haven't seen it either, and I don't know if I plan on seeing it. You should. You should. At least the first one. I hope someone picks it on the Patreon draft when I uh, when I have my hosting leave, because I'll pick that. I wouldn't usually be surprised that you haven't seen a horror film, but like the Insidious, when I was in school, that was like the film that everyone would always speak about. Yeah. yeah. Such a big modern it. horror. It was like it's Conjuring that those got everyone talking. Yeah, you should watch wow. Insidious. So, what do you guys think of the Insidious the Red Door trailer? Does that have you excited well, to get back into this universe? Not at all. Makes no sense, man. James Wan isn't um, working on it, is he? No. At all. 
but he's, it not, is. he's not writing, he's not producing, nothing. Because he signed with Blumhouse. I think he signed yeah. with Blumhouse Productions now, and that Warner Brothers are doing it. So I don't know, man. It's kind of a weird one. I was excited if James Wan was back, but now I'm like, and also George. It's directed by uh, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Oh, is, is he directing? This yeah, 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 he's oh, directing. So he but came George... back, and Ty Simpkins is back, right? And everyone, like the original what cast, is, is back. they're all back. And it's also yeah. it's a it's a direct. So it, it goes Insidious, and then Insidious Two is a sequel to one. Sequel Insidious to one, Chapter yeah. Three is a prequel to both of to, them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. standalone film, and now this one is a sequel to one and two. Did so you that's... like the last two? I, I only I I love Insidious. I like Insidious two, and then everything else I don't much care for. I think that like Insidious one to Insidious two, there was like a huge drop for me. But also in, in like a world where like we're getting so much psychological horror now, I'm still gonna watch this movie because it's like yeah yeah, yeah watch it definitely I'll yeah watch it. like but I'm like back. honestly I didn't know Patrick Wilson was directing that kind of changes my uh. He's, my outlook because I trust him because he's been a part of this universe forever. Oh, sorry, like, uh, James One is James One is producing this. I'm thinking of the okay. Conjuring series that he's not working on. Yeah, okay. that's what like, I'm thinking uh, of. He's producing this, like when like Michael B. Jordan directing Creed Three. It's like you know yeah, they, they care knows. about it. Maybe it's maybe it could be good. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. That that got me excited. It's not the bit. same writer actually as the first three, so maybe. Who knows? Then it could be hit or miss because one it is could, amazing. Yeah, it could be the first the one, but it could be the third one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm excited. I like the, I like the idea that it's a sequel to one and two. That that's the only thing that's really keeping me like interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Then we also got a trailer for Hypnotic, starring Ben Affleck, directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's about a detective investigating a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. And we have William Fickner, who. He just always plays a bad guy in movies, and he just—he seems like he has some kind of like hypnot. Like I mean, basically, like the 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 title implore, like title says, he has like a hypnosis power that like he can put people under like a quick hypnotic spell. Like I, t- I tweeted immediately after seeing this, cause I didn't see this trailer in the first time until right before my Covenant screening, and I was like, this is either gonna be like the corniest movie ever, or it could be like a low key banger. I want to go through Robert Rodriguez's directing uh, <laughs> credits quick. Well, he did Shot Boy Lava Girl. That's all. I oh, it's know. a it's an interesting yeah. one. So he he directed From Dusk Till Dawn. He directed the Spy Kids trilogy. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. This <laughs> is the Sin funniest. City. Yeah, this is film. this is the funniest Sin filmography City. I've ever seen. And then yeah, uh, what else do we got? Machete. Machete. Uh, Dusk Till Dawn. The Book of Boba Fett, three episodes. The Mandalorian, one episode. Alita into that? Yeah, Alita Battle Angel, written by James Cameron, directed by Robert Rodriguez. So he just, like, goes from, like, weird action flicks to, like, kids' movies to, like, kind of gory movies to, I don't know. But this movie looks uh, like no, a mystery Don't worry, thriller. guys. He has a book, too. It's called Rebel Without a Crew or How a 23-Year-Old Filmmaker with $7,000 Became a Hollywood Player. He's, he's done it all. He's directed a Lady a Gaga music video, an Ariana Grande music video, Haley Reinhardt music video. So he's just like, this man just loves doing anything with the movie industry or book industry, I guess. So he's got quite the diverse filmography. I wouldn't really say he's a huge heavy hitter on his filmography, but I don't know. This movie looks interesting. It's got me intrigued for sure. I think it looks like a very average movie, but it might have. This opened potential. very poorly. on. Bro, we're well. getting another Spy Kids movie. What? I, I I think I did see that. Spy, Spy Kids Armageddon. 
starring Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi. Wow. Okay. Exactly. wow. A, a reboot of the franchise. George, if you're on his thing, have a look at Hypnotic. Just look at the rating graph for it. Oh, God. The new film. It's not great. Oh, so, isn't this the second trailer? I'm not I'm not sure. is it yeah. If it is, I, I never saw it. It's that the first full-length trailer. Okay. The... I was like, I thought we got this trailer already. But... Yeah. This looks it's... like a... This, Hypnotic looks like a Chad GBT type screenplay. It looks like... Uh, it literally, to me, what I got the impression of is Robert Rodriguez watched Memento. He's like, I'm gonna try something. Like that. Just like, well, just like with the images the, and with like the the mystery and the confusion. The, the right, highest the... review is a, a oh, goofy God. take on Inception on Shutter Island, and it's uh, boring. So I don't like go. that. <laughs> the writer of the movie, alongside Robert, whatever his name is, also wrote all of the Godzilla and Kong movies, the new ones. Oh, hey, those are good, man. They, they are good. I, well, I wouldn't say the writing is what makes. Yeah, them it's not the no. writing. <laughs> no, makes that's, it good. that's definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we also got a trailer for Hulu original White Man Can't Jump. This one's interesting hey. because uh, to me it doesn't look great, but a lot of people got mad about this what? one, and I saw like a tweet Jack like, Carlo. "I know, uh, I know, Cam, you say I give crap to the lights, camera, barstool guys, but I'll give them credit here because I do agree with this take. Like a lot of people are hating on like this reboot." But they're like, what, they're basically saying like the revisionist history on this is crazy. Like the original White Man Can't Jump, people are like re- re- revisiting in their mind and saying it was like one of the great movies ever that should never be retouched. I don't think like it was anything I, that I, special. I think it's a really good film. You think it's, no, it's there? Yeah, hold on. I really like the original. I've I've film. been saying forever like don't remake this movie. It's not a movie that needs to be remade. But that's not like me saying oh it's like don't remake White Man Can't Jump because it's so like this greatest movie of all time. It's just like it's a cult classic. Like it means so much yeah. to people, and like this, a remake at the time just felt like a cash grab. I will say I like that trailer a lot. It it got yeah, me I like the trailer. Really? I like. Uh, I think Jack Carlo's kind of he's got that he's he's got that vibe of yeah. He's I got. I don't know. I think it's gonna be good. Uh, maybe not good, but it's gonna be enjoyable. The last joke of that trailer had me crying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hysterical joke. But the whole trailer was just like. You have Lil Wayne's uproar in the background. Like, mm. I don't know. I'm excited. The but Mad like, Max it's joke. On. Made me, it's on. When the, he's got a flamethrower. What is this? Mad Max? That got me to laugh a little bit. Yeah, that was funny. But I could have done without this movie, but I could do without every movie. Yeah. The, it's a whole original. Things sure getting remade. This is an odd one to be losing your mind. Over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen White Man Can't Jump since it's such probably 2007. Tyler. The guy who directed this, you watched his house party and you gave it a 0.3 out of 10. So hmm. it's a good start, anyway. Well, oh, clearly this director loves basketball. If he wait, what did you give house party? 0.3, 0.3 out of 10. 10. But I love a not point three. I think I, I I like that terminology a lot better. That is so fucking. Funny. But yeah, that was a movie about LeBron James. So I guess this guy just he loves ball. I guess can't. Dude, dude, dude knows ball. He's a ball guy. <laughs> I think this would be terrible. I'm just gonna call it. Uh, I, we also, yeah. We also got. First, like full in-depth trailer of the Idol, which is a new TV series coming to uh, to Max. Um, Sam Levinson kind of on the. Can I interrupt? On the, yeah, go ahead. Because I was just sell Letterbox. I think the funniest thing, and obviously Letterbox has like the you can change your posters feature. Mm-hmm. I love seeing people change posters for like shitty movies. Like, there's no reason why anyone should be going in and changing the poster for Ghosted. But I'm seeing like every I different. Do, yeah. Are there like, any fun ones? <laughs> no, there's no fun ones. Cam, I looked. I look for every no. movie. There's nothing great for yeah. Ghosted. But, I, um, I just changed it. I didn't even watch the movie. So Sam Levinson's in an interesting spot because he's the creator of the Idol, which looks like a 
not similar vibes to Euphoria, but similar in terms of we're going to have what seems to be a lot of nudity. And uh, people are kind of starting to be like, what's what's going on here, Sam Levins? You have a lot of young females in your shows that are just always naked. And this looks like it's going to be, um, crap, is it Lily Rose Depp is the main, yeah. main actress? It looks like she's just going to be straight up nude the whole time with the weekend. And I don't know. A lot of people are starting to get a little weird with it because, you know, Euphoria, I never watched Euphoria. Oh, now. is this, like is this the, film, the, the series that everyone was up in arms about on Twitter because yeah. it came out that quote about yeah, how he was like, "Oh, this looks fucked, man." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it just this. looks icky, man. Like I just like. The Wait, fact what that are you talking about? The, the, the limited series. With no, 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 but what quote are you talking about? I don't exactly know what it was. It was about something that happens with the girl in the weekend in the show, oh. and everyone was like, "Why are you putting that in?" That's really no. Weird. I thought, I thought you were talking about. Didn't the weekend release something that like is like him shitting on like maybe Rotten Tomatoes or something from the series? And not actually shitting on Jordan. Yeah, and uh and it's just not good and it's it's like why did you just own yourself with this that's what i remember no it was like a it was like a apparently there's some weird like sexual abuse in the show and, and people were like what are you doing I mean, why are you, you putting that in there if, if you've seen euphoria i feel like you kind of understand the mindset that sam levinson is in he's not it's not he's not the, he's not the True, best dude but euphoria was like tame compared to what i heard in the show so yeah there's a lot of reports that came out about production of this that were like lily rose depp was often like freezing on set like cold because she's like basically just like naked on set the whole time and that didn't Hmm. seem like the best production of a series so we'll see how that goes uh it's it's one i'm gonna skip whether it looked this way or not or the reports like this that came out or not it's just like not a show that i'm watching so um but yeah came out people are excited about it same thing for like white man can't jump with jack harlow it's like the weekends and something so people are gonna be watching uh got our final trailer for the boogeyman and i just wanted to mention that i just can't wait for this movie to come out because i just hate seeing this freaking trailer before movies Mm because i genuinely don't think as a movie this will be like the scariest of movies compared to other stuff but i think they made a really like a trailer that just and i think it's the sound editing too because it's always in the theater like What's on the screen never gets me in this movie movie trailer, but it's always so damn loud in the theater that I'm like, it's impossible for me not to jump when it's just like blasting my ears with these like jump scare moments. But I don't know. I, I haven't seen they, this trailer long. I think people are starting to get low key excited for it. I've seen this movie. I've seen this trailer before, like every movie yeah, release really? where yeah, it's always like the, the ball rolling under the bed and then like the face appears and I don't know. There's I'm, been um, there's been like early screenings and shit already, and apparently the creature design was so egregious that it made people like talk amongst themselves for like 45 seconds to a minute after it was revealed and they missed like everything that happened after the initial like display of the creature that they had to go back in post-production and change the design of the creature wow so that people wouldn't react as heavily to it george did you watch host the, no. like the zoom horror when it's like they're on the camera it's like a 60 minute horror can't you 2020 yeah, so it was like, um, you know what those horrors where it's like... A yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like Unfriended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's Unfriended, but better. Okay. That shit not. was scary. And it's only 55 minutes, so get on that. But he did that, so who knows? Because that was actually quite scary, genuinely. No, I have not seen Final trailer we got is American Born Chinese, which is a Disney Plus series that basically has the entire cast of everything everywhere all at once in it. Feels very interesting cash grabby to me. I mean, obviously they produced it before all the Oscars were given out, but it seemed like they knew that this was going to get a lot of traction based on how well received everything ever all at once was. Yeah. It just seems weird to have like the entire cast in it. Disney clearly is like 
not doing great financially right now with like any of their projects. So like feels like they're just trying to throw up a hope and a prayer and be like, look at all these people watch our show. But this just doesn't seem like Disney's target audience to like be caring about the everything ever all at once cast. Like people who like love, you know, Stephanie Shu, a uh, Kwan, they're going to go like maybe watch it. Cause they're like, Oh, I want to see him in a show. But like the average Disney plus subscriber aren't going to be scrolling around their page and see those faces and be like, Oh, I'm going to watch this now because of them. Yeah. It just seems like a weird project to me. It doesn't have me super excited. I don't know if any of you have any thoughts on it. Nothing. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch the trailer, to be honest. Yeah, it's a, it's just weird that they're all all in this movie. But um, from there we'll get on to nerd news, and we don't have any notable Star Wars news, but I want Cam to do the jingle anyways. <laughs> well, this is just Star Wars, but oh oh okay. Uh, dun, 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 dun. we talk Star Wars. We talk Star Wars. Bum, 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 bum. And there's no notable and there's no notable Star Wars news this week. So Cam, can you close out the Star Wars segment for us? <laughs> we just talked Star Wars. We just talked Star Wars. And there you have it. With Mandalorian season three wrapping up and Star Wars celebration last week, not really a big surprise that it's a light week on Star Wars news. Um, we'll jump into DC because nerd news this week is really light. Just a quick note: pre-production has begun on Superman Legacy. Will begin filming in Atlanta in January. A lot of people have uh, noted that. Again, I'm no production expert, but. This is a longer pre-production process than usual. And people are like, this is a really long pre-production. And I'm like, it's like the beginning of his universe. It doesn't really surprise yeah. me. I feel like there's a lot more yet to set up for this movie than just like a standard movie. I feel like there's a lot of how's like not only this movie, but how's this going to tie into everything else we're trying to do. So it yeah. makes sense they're going to have a super long pre-production. Got a cast, like got to uh, get a cast going. You right, know, exactly. And uh then we'll jump into Marvel, the the Sam Raimi trilogy. Just a note for anyone who's a fan of the original Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man, who isn't a fan of that trilogy, honestly. It'll be available on Disney Plus um, now. And then... Uh, I think it's the first time ever. What yeah, and then, so it's available on Disney Plus now. I don't know if that's a permanent thing or if they just like bought like, temporary rights to it. And then the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 uh, in a couple weeks are going to be on Disney Plus. So every Spider-Man movie of live action, uh, at least in the modern era are going to be on Disney Plus in a couple of weeks. So if you're interested Not in those, the, go check uh, them out. For some, for some reason, it's only Homecoming. So it's not going to be the other two Tom Holland movies, which I don't know why. I don't understand rights to things, but yeah, weird. So, Sony's Just all not. messed up with that. but uh, yeah. And then uh, Juno Temple is set to star in Venom 3. So cool. The the Ted Lasso universe Yo, continues Ted Lasso, to get yeah. cast in projects. So good for them. Good show. Glad to see. Because Ted Lasso other than Jason Sudeikis really didn't have any heavy hitters in the cast. So the fact that they're all kind of getting boosted from this show is cool to see. Um, my my one Star Wars piece is we had that clip of uh, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy saying fucking. Um, and I assume it's not going to be bleeped in the movie. We'll see. Okay, but that's I, what I, I was going to ask. No, I'm pretty confident it won't be bleeped in the movie, but if it is, that's just a new that's a new low for me. I'm just like, don't, put, that, don't put it in if you're gonna bleep it. That's but, what I'm saying. Like I'm not um, confident in that. No, I don't think it's gonna be bleeped. I just I solely think this is to prepare people for like Deadpool three. And it's like, hey, just so you know, we're getting we're, Deadpool three. We're, we're gonna this, yeah, this bad word coming. They did bleep it in uh in Iron Man two. But that was like a TV broadcast when uh, Iron Man's on trial for his Stark Tech. He's like, fuck you, like, yeah, whatever his name is, the Hydra guy. Um, I th- that that made more sense because it was like on TV. So obviously they bleep on TV. Kind of. Yeah. 
doesn't matter. I don't think it's going to be bleeped. All I wanted to say is I think it's getting you ready for you're joking about that, but I guarantee no 100% that like Disney has focus groups that are like reviewing that and being like, what are people thinking about us throwing in the F word? So, like I guarantee so, they're yeah, actually doing that. Probably, but it's, I think it's, um, and this is not my thought, it's Sammy J Reacts, who uh, is a content creator on TikTok. He, he commented on like one of my tweets about it and said, it'll be like a, like a Thor in Thor Love and Thunder thing where they blurred his ass in the, in the trailer. And then like on screen, you just saw Thor's ass. Hmm. plus 10 points (laughs) Uh, we'll get into just some general movie news now a lot of this is just quick stuff I'm going to rip off so we can talk about it more if you want to I just wanted to mention this the Timothy Chalamet confirmed dating Kylie Jenner simply because I feel like a lot of well AW if that's true but I feel like a lot of people when they see videos like paparazzi being all up in like Justin Bieber's face or celebrities face everyone's always like that's so gross man like paparazzi are awful people like ruining these people's Mm -hmm. lives which I totally agree with but then everyone on Twitter is like, I'm not believing they're dating until I see a picture of them together. So you know every paparazzi agency in the world, their bosses are saying, I'm paying you double time if you get a picture of them. Yeah. Follow them around everywhere they go. Never let them be in public without us getting a picture of them. So like the fact that people are like, oh, I want to see them together. Are they really dating? Yeah. It's like we're just feeding into paparazzi being horrible people. That I guarantee Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner right now have like zero privacy in public because everyone wants to be that first picture shot of them together if they are dating. So and and Timmy, respectful guy of the week, getting absolutely trucked by a camera and just taking it like a man and and moving on. Not bro, you, you, I would have gotten violent if I were him. That shit looked like it hurt. So I didn't, I, I'm guessing it probably didn't hurt. I'm guessing it probably it, didn't hurt. Like, I see the size of him. I see the size of him. I know. Yeah, he, he was like speed walking too. He took it, man. He took it like a champ. The reactions so from all much. the people in the video are the funniest thing to mention because, like, because clearly, like the 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 redhead, like everyone's like, oh, she pushed him into it. Like clearly, that was like supposed to happen for whatever commercial scene they were filming. <laughs> but her like immediate reaction was clearly because like she's like not a name brand actor like he is. She had like this look of like, did I, is my did all my hopes and dreams just get flushed down the toilet in one quick moment of me like hurting Timothy Chalamet? She looked so con- concerned. And then like the guy who was operating the camera, I feel like didn't look concerned enough because he like just <laughs> trucked Timothy Chalamet. Not only that, the camera broke, like a piece fell off. Like, I expected more of a reaction from the cameraman to be like, oh, no, what happened? But he just, like, casually walked off. I was like, it's yeah. just such an interesting video to analyze. Just just broke a $300,000 camera. Oh, yeah, at least. Because yeah. it's a Martin Scorsese-directed yeah. Chanel commercial. You know that thing's not a, a handheld video <laughs> camera. That's an expensive thing. Um, and then I uh, just wanted to mention this because I've seen some comments saying that we haven't been talking about the Jonathan Major stuff. I do want to say we, we did cover it when this first came out. But there's been a couple updates on it, and we just want to say, obviously, we could completely disavow. Like, he's a horrible person. It's pretty much confirmed at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really care what that means for the MCU or anything. We just care what it means for justice being brought and the person's – and it sounds like more people with more keys are stepping up that they're all going to be okay. Um, but John the Majors has been dropped from ad campaigns, several upcoming projects, and by his talent agency and his manager. Um, again, the MCU is Good. still up in the air. I'm sure something's going to come out. I'm sure it's an issue of they already have stuff filmed, so they're just waiting yeah. for that to come out for them to officially put the kibosh on it. I'm pretty sure, like, Loki Season 2 is already filmed, and so, like, right. they're probably just scrambling. It doesn't matter, first mm. off. If that's your one concern, it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, we don't have to touch on it every week. You know? Right. I just wanted to come out and say, because I just saw some comments last week, being like, I think mm. you guys haven't talked about it, but we did talk about it when it first yep. came out, and there has been some updates. Um, something could be interesting here. Writers Guild of America has authorized a strike by 97.85%. Now, this doesn't mean they are striking. This basically just means 
they did an initial vote saying like, hey, if we were going to strike in a month, but if we don't reach a deal, would you guys authorize it? And basically overwhelmingly they're like, yes. So that puts a little more flame to the fire of let's get these negotiations done because not only will that affect projects that have writers that are mm-hmm. like sitcoms and stuff um, and stuff that, you know, comes out in batches, but that's going to affect stuff weekly. Like Saturday Night Live just simply won't be happening on Saturdays if this is gone. Mm-hmm. A lot of late night talk shows just simply won't be happening. So a lot of people think of writers strikes as like, oh, the writing for this next season, of the show is going to be really wonky. But the real like main impact is going to be like regular weekly live TV shows are just going to be straight up canceled and not happening if the strike happens. So we'll see like nothing else has been talked about at this point. They have negotiations ongoing um, from what a lot of us here is just like writers in Hollywood are just not not treated the best. So hopefully they come mm-hmm. to a good deal here. Uh, next next note here, Twilight Reboot in the works as a TV series. Seems like awesome. everything is moving over to TV and getting rebooted. And so it, many reboots. It's like, Unreal. honestly, like the biggest winner in the past like two weeks of updates has been Harry Potter because so much other stuff has been rebooted that it's like getting lost in the sauce of like, because yeah. at first it was like, why is Harry Potter being rebooted? Now like we have, what's that movie from like two years ago that's already being rebooted? Moana. <laughs> that too but there's some like on, yeah. i can't even remember there's a movie from like literally like last are you year. talking another round or are you talking no 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 no, no, no. i know he's oh but... right no it's not rise of justice it's a it's a overseas movie right yeah, that's yeah, getting an american yeah. remake i know oh, Seth, I but it's not squid it. it's not squid game show no. well, well that no but that is getting rebooted too that is getting rebooted too so like it's weird because that's also getting a second season right that's the weirdest thing like, that's literally like an ongoing ip so like literally like, I, just, yeah. I just keep thinking i'm like man this is like so good for the harry potter reboot that like <laughs> stuff that's literally still they, ongoing they seasons overseas are being rebooted in america it's like just crazy amounts of reboots but twilight should be interesting uh We'll see if they get to cast because, like, not as important as Harry Potter because, like, Twilight Twilight is almost at the same level in terms of how many people are, like, obsessed with it. But mm-hmm. overall pop culture, not as highly. But I still think, like, the casting of Bella and Edward and Jacob are going to be, like, very important to the success of that. Um, Super Mario Bros. has already hit the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. Right now, at the time of this recording, it's at $750 million. It'll probably cross a billion at some point here soon. It still hasn't been released in Japan, which is where you know nintendo is based really yeah it comes out april 28th but that's also when it goes to streaming in america it'll still be in theaters so i think my initial projection of 1.5 will probably be right where this lands i simply don't know international markets enough to know like if japan's gonna like explode with this or if people it's big only as well in japan like yeah so but yeah it comes out like i think a lot of international markets april 28th it comes out including japan so we'll see where how high it goes but it just keeps racking up the money and um, it's already the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. And Nintendo also didn't have this in the rundown, but the Nintendo CEO or something, I believe, said like yesterday that uh, there's absolutely going to be more Nintendo video game adaptations in the movies. We all saw this coming after the success of Super Mario yep. Bros. But I didn't love Super Mario Bros. None of us were blown away by it, but I'd be excited to see more Nintendo stuff adapted because it is fun seeing that IP in movie form because mm-hmm. we really haven't I'd rather seen see that adapted. than like a Twilight show. Like well, right, because like Nintendo's like just yeah. rarely been adapted, so it's just kind of cool yeah. to see this come to the big screen. Yeah. Um, and then talking more about money, Strange World and Lightyear each lost over $100 million for Disney. And as I mentioned earlier, talking about Jake Gyllenhaal, Strange World was the biggest flop of 2022. Yikes. I mean, I saw yesterday a tweet that Netflix had gained a couple million subscribers in quarter one of this year, whereas Disney's losing subscribers. And a lot of people said it was because of cricket or whatever. But with these projects from last year losing hundred million dollars each and they're losing subscribers while like other streaming services are gaining 
and you know the MCU people are having issues with like Star Wars like seems to be getting more structure here but Disney I don't know like obviously they're so big they can handle all this but it seems like they're at more of a critical point now than they have been in the last probably two decades or so with their projects and their IP so we'll be interesting to see where they go from here um extraction which i know cam i think is a big fan of and george i think you like yeah, it enjoyed, seth I have you seen extraction awesome one movie. yeah it's like a three star for me it's fine okay which for like a netflix film is like higher rated than, than most things but it's known for the iconic uh one take action sequence the second one has been yeah. confirmed to have a 14 minute one take action sequence so that's just going to be awesome i'm excited to see that one um but yeah I, I, does it come out this year I, don't even know. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so. We yeah. talked about it before, but this like is the later this year. Like, wasn't it in like the it was Netflix in the late, like, yeah, it was trailer. in the Sizzle Reel. Yeah, mm. that thing. That's yeah, real. so it's definitely this year. It was on the Sizz. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got our first look at Ariana Grande and Wicked. Uh, initially, we got the two pictures of it in the dark where everyone lost their minds. Then we got yeah, a more light, light picture of her in it. I've never been like, I've never seen Wicked, like I've never a musical form, a play form. I, I think it's probably had a movie adaptation, but I've never seen Wicked. I have no clue what it's going to be. I'll go see it. Like, there's a lot going into this here. It looks like a, I've seen some behind-the-scenes pictures of the set, and it looks like it's just a crazy world they built. Like, I know they built it so intensely that I wonder if they're going to turn it into some sort of, like, theme park or, like, something you can visit and pay to see because they, like, literally built, like, a practical world for Wicked. But uh, we got our first look at Ariana Grande in this. Um, she's been in the news All a right. lot for people wondering if she's okay, but she looks good in this, so... Camera, you going to say something or no? Oh, no, I, I think, yeah, people just need to probably leave her be. Um, and then second point of she was like, other than Selena Gomez, she was my first crush. Selena oh, Gomez was my first, so she was my second. Oh, was it from the Victorious days that she was your first yeah. crush? Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Cat, yeah. right? That was her name, Cat? Yeah, Cat. Yeah, Cat. Yeah, Classic. Um, interesting. Cat Grande. That's her last name. <laughs> I actually didn't know that Grande was her last name in the show. Um, yeah. Weird note, Pixar's Thanks. Elemental is the closing film of Can. So that's just kind of, it seems like an interesting. Because it, like, it's going to bang. <laughs> I, I just think that's such a lot a, of confidence. Right. I feel like it's such a, a hoity toity festival that's known for the, the 20 minute standing ovations. Like, that's like the biggest meme of them all for how, like, that mm. one's known for the standing ovations. And it, it's a film festival. And it's, it's just weird that Elemental is the movie that's going to be closing it out. But, uh, Hey, you know, Pixar's got confidence. Why the fuck not? Ignore me. Cat Valentine. Cat Valentine. Ignore me. Cut it. Cut it. Get it out. Uh, Aziz Ansari is set to make his directorial debut with Good Fortune. It's going to be a comedy starring alongside Keanu Reeves and Seth Rogen. So obviously with a cast like that, you're going to get people watching your debut film. So it will be interesting to see. I've never... I'm like neutral on Aziz Ansari. I don't think he's ever been. Wait, the is this for guy. oh directorial debut? Yeah, directorial okay, I, was, debut. I thought you were gonna. I thought you said acting debut. I was like, there's no way. No, he's very <laughs> much an actor. Um, well, I, I I thought you meant like acting in a movie. I was like, Fair. I can't no. think on the top of my head a ton of Aziz Ansari movies. I cannot. I'm sure sure he's been in some. He's good in Park and Rec. I don't know if I've ever seen him in it. Yeah, but Seth Rogen and Keanu Reeves is like partners in a comedy movie. Is something I'm gonna watch at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to see it. Uh, Amazon Prime releases Dialogue Boost feature, which is quite interesting oh, yeah. because I've like, I don't know, I haven't tried it out yet. I think I would like it just because I feel like my speakers set up and my main TV, like I have like a subwoofer and speakers. I feel like just the nature of subwoofers, it becomes so music heavy and sound effects heavy that it is hard to hear the dialogue. Oh, yeah, at times. Those, yeah. So like, I actually yeah, kind of like this idea of a Dialogue Boost feature. I think it could be could be cool here because I'm like, we've all been there. I think everyone can relate to. When you watch a movie and like you're maybe and there's it, other people in the house, 
not just Tenet, but yeah, like Tenet for sure. Tenet I just mean, like, long. if you're watching a movie in a room with the speakers on and there's like someone in another room and you don't want to be too loud, you have to watch with the remote in hand. It's like, oh, action scene, turn down. Okay, the action scene's over, turn it back up. And it's like, you have to be like, it's like a full time job to man the remote. And that can get so annoying. So, dialogue boost feature could be nice. Amazon Prime watched Christopher Nolan's Tenet and was like, yeah. this needs to get featured ASAP. Yeah, I saw someone tweet. They were like, maybe I'll like it more on rewatch. Yeah, maybe. Side note, Riley is a huge fan of Tenet. I made her get a letterboxed. Uh, it's in her top oh, four favorite her, films. Her. W. Her. Got her. Yeah. To, got her to make one. Um, trying to show her the ropes of the, the letterboxed. But, nice. um, then last bit of news, another streaming service, two things. So Netflix is shutting down their DVD business, which is I thought it was interesting because I just didn't know this. I didn't even know anymore. it was still going on. I, I didn't know it was going on for the past eight years at least. I thought they shut that shit their down. D- oh, sorry, wow. their DVD business. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, they, they had like streaming. You just so Netflix is business were, model. You didn't know they were a DVD company. No, I didn't know they still did it. So yeah. I, I don't know if you guys were. I was subscribed to Netflix before they were like when they were the just a DVD. So basically, how it yeah. worked was you paid like a five bucks a month, and you would rent a movie, and they would send it to your house in an envelope, and you could watch it, and then you send it back to them, and then you tell them what the next movie you want, and they'll send you the DVD for that, and they'll basically like just send DVDs to your door. Um, but they wow. shut that down officially, and. uh yeah, I didn't know it was still going. And then another Netflix news that they said, which totally smart business move, but kind of a bummer, um, is that they're no longer going to be sending any movies to theaters. So that kind of sucks with stuff like The Killer coming out. And, and I mean, they're, I they're mean, getting more... I mean, why would they, though? No, right. Like, like, I, yeah. I, I think it was a dumb decision to ever put movies in theaters for them because, like... So, like, the people that loved going to movies, Netflix movies and theaters, like us and other people on film, Twitter, and people who want to get that cinematic experience... But I guarantee, like, it's got to be a net loss for them to get those movies in theaters when, like, they could yeah, literally just be like, everyone has to get. Because stuff like uh, Glass Onion, people who don't have Netflix would have bought it just to be like, I just need it for one month to watch this movie. And they're putting more and more production value into their movies. So I think they tried. They, they truly did give it a good effort. The past year, they've been putting a lot of movies into theaters for, like, two weeks before, even if it's not a big name. Like, even, like, The Pale Blue Eye was in theaters for a couple weeks. So they, they I do think they gave it a fair try. Clearly, it just didn't work out for them financially, so they decided to pull the plug on that. Bummer, because I would love to see some of these big production value movies in theaters. Like, think of like the Narnia movies that are going to be coming out from Greta Gerwig in a few years for Netflix. Like, those would be probably just cracked to see in an IMAX screen. Won't happen yeah. unless we go to the LA Netflix theater. Um, but yeah, no longer doing DVDs, no longer sending movies to theaters. They are all in on streaming. We will now yeah. get into what have we been watching this week. We're going to start off with Mr. Seth's film reviews. What have you been checking off your watch list this week? Yeah, uh, I watched a few things. I watched Chernobyl, which uh, obviously took up quite a few, quite a lot of time. Uh, it was amazing. It was everything that George said it was, and it was one of the best limited series I've ever seen. No doubt in my mind. Ticked off a few of the classic kind of uh, monster movies, you know, like Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man. Um, watched Lost Highway, which was a uh, David Lynch that I hadn't seen. The only major one I hadn't seen, and that was an instant five-star for me, which doesn't happen often. It was amazing. Absolutely loved it. Tyler, have you decided whether you're doing Lynch or Bergman next? Bergman, so here. Um, I would do Lynch next for you. Because well, there's so many, there's only like nine Lynch, like major Lynch films to watch. Do you know what I mean? And the so Bergman's I, like 45. I, you know, in natural Tyler fashion, I map out my weeks to a T of exactly what I'm doing. So I have my week planned out. So I'll tell you right now, I'm watching, um, just because you asked, so for Bergman, I'm watching Autumn Sonata, I'm watching yeah. Persona, and I'm watching yeah. The Magician and Prison. And then I'm also, I have on my watch list for this week, Mulholland Drive from Lynch. 
and yep. Dune 1984. So two Lynches and a couple Bergmans. You'll, you'll have fun with Dune. Why are you Fucking... watching that? <laughs> it, do you know I'm what? watching them. I've got to catch them all, bad. man. I don't think it's that bad, but it's not. It's it's clearly his worst in most people's eyes. Um, hey, I'm, it was such a passion also... project for him. I'm going to give it a watch. Yeah, true. I also watched Alien. Never seen it before. It was great. Six stars uh, for I... you on Letterboxd. Yeah. A Quiet Place Part 2. I didn't really... I liked Quiet Place Part 2, but I personally, I think it was a massive step... I, for some reason, I've only just watched it. I thought it was a massive step down from the first. I really liked the first Quiet Place. Sad. L- liked the second one. Didn't love it. I liked, and the, second I liked the second one a lot. I think it's and, right uh, there with it. I just think the ending was pretty bad, to be honest. I didn't like the end at all. My issue is the ending's the exact same. But pretty much is, yeah. I didn't like... Yeah. It just felt That's really abrupt. It was really weird. Uh, and then last yesterday, Tyler, I watched EO, the donkey film, which um... I saw you liked it, and I'm happy. It's just such yeah. a feel good movie. Like, there's some sad part, like, dude, the bar scene infuriated oh, it was, me. It was horrible, yeah. Like, yeah. but I, I think I tweeted, like, it's uh, sorry, I, I reviewed it, like, a, it's a visual representation of like beauty and simplicity. It's just such a simple kind of transcendent style that I really enjoyed. Um, and it was really sad and it really got me emotionally. It was just, uh, I think it was just a really, really well made film. I know it's not everyone's donkeys were such a see. W in 2022, man. Like, I know, everyone yeah, loved Jenny the Donkey sadness. got more recognition, recognition, but EO showed range in that movie. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> what is it with filmmaking in 2022 using donkeys as an emotional centerpiece? Right. It was like that. If I was to guess, like, Tyler and Cam, have you watched this film from last year, EO? The one that got nominated for for I think, I think you meant George, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think Cam would hate it, and I think George would probably like it a little bit. That's my guess, anyway. Basically, the movie yeah. is just following a donkey around. Sure, yeah, pretty much. It's cool. but it's it tells like the whole culture, and it's been a while since I've watched it. What country is it again? Polish. Poland. It's basically, it's basically just like seeing modern Poland through the eyes. Yeah. Of well, it goes to France as well in the end, doesn't yeah. it? Like. Oh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up, man. Yeah. It was good. It was good. That's that's pretty much it for me this week. I had a pretty good week. Yeah. Nice, nice. Cool. Um, George, what have you been taking off that watch list of yours? <laughs> Again, man, I feel like it's the third week in a row where it's just literally nothing. I watched nothing new except I've noticed uh, your letterbox is just re-watches. re-watches. Yeah, it's a lot of re It's just like I, I get home from work and then I go to the gym and then like when I come back, it's like I'm just never in like a mood to pay attention to a movie that like requires attention, which is, you know, mm-hmm. something off my watch list. Um, so I rewatched it follows and just so you've watched that so many times. Dude, it's just so good. And it just gets better. I, it's got, it's the closest horror movie I have at a four and a half out of five. That isn't a five stars. And there's maybe a reason, I'll watch it again soon. I feel there, like there I, is a reason why it's not a five stars for me, but either way, it's so fucking good. Pulse, I'll watch it same thing. It's behind. It follows is the closest horror movie I have at a four and a half. It should be a five. I need to watch um, then I watched The Rival last night or this morning, technically. Classic. Have you seen that before? Uh, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> once or twice. Cameron, what have you been watching? Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Just Star Wars, <laughs> and then uh, and then Bo is afraid and ghosted. Um, yeah, Wait, awesome. I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying my time. You know what I think is funny? Back to Seth. Seth, I feel like every single week you say uh, instant five stars, which doesn't happen often for me, but you say it every single weekend. It's, do you know what? To be fair, actually, no, it's only happened twice in the past two months. It's been Blowout yeah. and, and Lost Highway. 
All right. It's even, I feel like every weekend you're like instant five stars. Very I'm rarely gonna, happens. Yeah, it's been only the only ones in March and April have been blowout and um uh lost highway. You liar. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> liar. My bad. Um, yeah, I, I I got Star Wars. Yeah. It's a good show. Good 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 stuff. For me, I watched Operation Fortune right before going to see the Covenant just to tick off the two twenty twenty three release from Guy Ritchie. Didn't care for Operation Fortune. Like I said, Guy Ritchie for me is just always gonna be two point five to three stars, nowhere really below or above that. Snatch um, is great. Killing me. Yeah, that's like that's like the Same one that's Black like my Stock hot take. But I think I think other than Snatch, a lot of people are in the same boat of like he produces a lot of like three hours. Unlock stock. I think Snatch and Lockstock. I think Maybe I'll be higher on it. But uh, you, I, if you didn't love Snatch, you probably won't love Lockstock either. To be honest, probably around the same. And then, uh, I watched Emily, uh, which is a release from this year. So uh, this week I've been just oh the one with um, Emma Mackey. Emma Mackey. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's about yeah, the yeah. the life of the the author Emily Bronte. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of like this is similar to Blonde in terms of like this is a fictional account of Emily Bronte's life, and it's like. I don't need to be seeing fake stories about real people, you know. Like, I just give me either a biopic or just make someone up. Um, is it is it as disgusting as Blonde, or is it just a? No, it wasn't as disgusting as Blonde. Like, there's a couple scenes in there, but like none of them are nearly as vile as Blonde. Um, Emma yeah. Mackey's great. I just didn't yeah, like this one. Really it's, a, it's a directorial debut of Frances O'Connor. The movie's just dark, like in terms of like the lighting. Like, I get it. It's supposed to be like 150 years ago. There's not modern electricity, but like. We can still light a movie, people. It doesn't always have to be just like pitch black in there. Um, what, so, basically, on my movie review spreadsheet, I have it all set up for all the stuff I was going to watch for the Oscars. I'm like, you know what? I'll just take them off, and the Oscars is over. So I'm going through all the shorts that were nominated, and they are just stinkers. Like you can get a nominated for any huh? shorts, like yeah. just bad shorts. So like I'm going to start making short films because you can get nominated for Oscars. And I thought it was just me. Like I'd watch them and be like, this is so shit. And then I go to Letterbox, like the average review is like. Like, let's see, how do you measure a year? I hated that one. And the average review on Letterboxd is, drumroll please, uh, 3.1. Okay, not terrible. But, like, Cinema Joe gave it a one star, one and a half star. So, like, other people were hating it. And, like, I don't know. I just, Which one's that? How do you measure a year? It's literally just a guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, 18 yeah, years like of filming his daughter grow up. And I'm like, he tried to make a boyhood and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> let's see, what else? Uh, watch, rewatch Black Mirror playtest. Um, one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes. I don't think a lot of people love it as much as me, but that's the one with him like in the VR horror video game. I was going to say, I'm surprised you like that as much as you do. That was like when I first saw it. That was like an instant favorite of mine. Like Probably my favorite Black Mirror episode, even though I've rated a couple higher than that, but it's probably my favorite one. Like I just love that. That's, that's, a, to watch them that's a scary episode. No, no first, not like, de- definitely not like the scariest episode. But, yeah, but definitely the, the scariest Mirror. of the Black Mirror episodes. Yeah, it, it definitely suffers from, like, they decide to have, like, 12 plot twists, so it definitely gets yeah. a little more where it's like, okay, and they just keep twisting the plot, but I love it still. Um, got Suzumi off of my watch list. Really enjoyed it. Didn't love it as much as you guys. It's still 3.5 stars, so I, I really liked it. Uh, I just thought it dragged a little bit for me. Um, but was afraid, obviously. Watch Paint. Movie's awful, and it was way hornier than I thought it would be. It's like Owen Wilson's just like, basically it's like him being like a TV painter, and he kind of starts to fall off, and someone starts to replace him, and he's kind of like he used to be super famous and beloved, and now he's like not not on his A game anymore, and like all his production assistants like want to get with him, and like he's just like a horny dude, and I'm just not expecting that from Paint. I can't believe he's still not a not a Bob Ross biopic. I was just surprised. Yeah, yeah which that's to be, crazy. Yeah, it, it was that part annoyed me, but to be fair, like. After the first, like, 15 minutes, like, the painting wasn't even, like, a huge thing. So I was like, okay, it's not just strictly, like, a Bob Ross thing, but not a good Did he do his wow? I don't think he ever did the wow. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> but this movie felt so low budget. So it's like, uh, I saw someone review like this saying like, this movie's not good, but one day there's not going to be movies like this made in Hollywood anymore where it's just like people making a random small story with big name actors and like, I don't know, whatever. It was fine for what it was. I didn't love it though. And then uh, Ghosted and Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, which I did not know Hans Zimmer was on the score until I finished it. So that's just yeah, wild that's to have totally a, a Judy Bloom book adaptation of Hans Zimmer on the score. <laughs> and uh, it's directed by the same director as Edge of 17. So the people attached to this are incredible. Um, the parents are played by Benny Safdie and Rachel McAdams. They both did incredible. I'm officially the campaign manager for Rachel McAdams to win Best Supporting Actress at the 2024 Oscars. She is incredible in this. And this is like the first movie ever that I've seen where no letterbox reviews were published. No one I followed and followed and reviewed it yet. No Rotten Tomatoes, no IMDb was published. So I was like, this is a four out of five for me. I a borderline 4.5 because I gave it an 8.4 out of 10. Is it? So, did you go to early screen or is it like... Yeah, it comes out on the 28th. It's still embargoed on Letterboxd, isn't it? Yeah, so I st- like, but I saw a couple mutuals like a couple days ago added it. So I was like, okay, everyone's starting to like... Early reactions are out and everyone's giving it like 4.5s. Really loving it. So I was like, okay, I guess I was not overrating it. A lot of people are loving it, but I don't know. I really liked it. It's clear. It's similar to like Puss in Boots to Last Wish in the way where like that's a quote unquote kids movie, but like adults can appreciate it because they do really well with the themes in it. This is like a preteen movie but they do so well with the themes of like religion, family. It felt so relatable, just like moving to a new city and not knowing anyone trying to fit in. Uh, just a very good movie. I think it can honestly move up for me on rewatch because right now it is number four out of 72 2023 releases now. So we're yeah, racking them up. <laughs> we're going to get to 100 and then by that's June. Crazy. Um, but yeah, it's number four right now. Um, really loved it. So that wraps up. The main portion of the podcast, again, if you're not, if you haven't checked out our Patreon yet, even if you're not a patron, go check out in the link in the below just to check out the tiers, see if there's anything that whets your appetite in there. Uh, merch, like I said, I guarantee will be coming out this week. Patreon is going to get the first look at it, so go check it out for that. Um, we have our Q&A episode coming out, so you can ask questions on our for what we're going to answer in our Q&A episode this week, and you can obviously suggest movies to review, drafts, tons of other perks on there as well, including movie watch-alongs and hangouts. Um, with the, without further ado, though, let's wrap up this episode with our draft. So today's draft is going to be the best food and drink to eat at a movie theater. Um, so I mentioned at first, I was like, oh, let's do, everyone has to do like one drink and four snacks. And then Cam was like, can we do two drinks and three snacks? And I just officially said, scrap it. Like anything. you can, ha- you can have five drinks, you can have five snacks, you can have a mixture, like whatever you want, just anything to consume, whether it's drinking or eating mm-hmm. at a movie theater to accompany your movie. This could get real interesting. The first pick on the random random nomination is Seth. Um, I feel like that gives like I feel like he gets the layup pick one one, which is going to be honestly like me, George, and Cam have our work cut out for us because this is one of the biggest dynamite one one picks in probably draft history (laughs) that we're going to have to craft a stellar lineup to be able to fight it. So Seth, first pick. Seth's going to fuck it up. Oh, I don't. I'll be honest. I'm out of my league. I don't eat in the cinema like ever. But when I do, when I do, it's popcorn. Okay. <laughs> but wait, I was genuinely wait, wait, wait. wait. What's your drink? We can specify the. Mine would be salted popcorn. We'll specify that. Just just take it, just oh, yeah, you can popcorn. Popcorn. just give them popcorn. You're taking popcorn. No, because then yeah. other people can take sweet popcorn if they want. I think. It's no, like, no, that's, oh, okay. That's, no, that's fair. If you want like like the the kettle corns or like the 
caramel corns with my theater I, you can either get what like the fuck is, you're fucking you're weird you americans what do you kettle mean corn is, yes, kettle corn, kettle is, corn is, what is very that? good but what just give them popcorn don't make this I'm, I'm, no no, no i agree but you can have like kettle corn or whatever if you want sure but, uh, kettle corn it's different but yeah i was gonna say like we're not gonna go like salted versus unsalted or buttered versus <laughs> buttered popcorn yeah, you get popcorn, popcorn it's off the board fine. Um, <laughs> just before we get going like uh, george are you keeping track of these or someone keeping track of these yeah yeah i got it i got it i got it so popcorn not gonna lie, yeah. I had to hold my breath on that one. I was really that was worried crazy. that there was gonna be some weird. I thought he was about to throw something else out, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like do you up like that this week. So that's like, that's go to drink pop. is gonna be pre workout. Ooh. Uh, okay. Nice, I, do a, I do have a drink. So I think there's just a huge, massive, insane drop off after the one one here. Oh, to where yeah, like I don't yeah, think there's yeah. a clear second pick. No. I think there's for, a, a pick you can get some votes for. We'll yeah. see if you take. it. I don't know, but I'm going the blue icy. Yeah, that's and if anyone one. wants to draft Four ICs, one. I'm saying right really? now you can pick the colors. So I don't have ICs. I have blue ICs. Other ICs. What's just an ICs? That's a slushy. It's like okay, a... so I'm not going to tell you what. Oh, okay, that's like an ice drink. Can I pick a different brand of that then? Well, I don't know. I think you just get icy. No, because the... here, that's not a thing here. It's completely different. It's a different brand. It's a different type. But of thing. If we get to you in the draft and it's like something you right. truly want to pick, we can discuss yeah. it. I'm sure we'll get. Yeah, I yeah. have this every time I go. To okay, Canada, then, yeah. Because so no we have a lot of UK viewers, we don't yeah. want to be America biased. Okay. George, anything? Oh, up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go with my my go-to. This is what I get every time I go to the theater, and that is just a bag of Reese's Pieces. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big ET, big ET guy. We've uh, yeah, officially capped. Actually, not true. I get one thing at, at the theater, but these, I don't know. I, I get popcorn and a drink, but I don't know if I want to pick my drink because it's nothing special to like a movie. You <laughs> know? Water. Right. Um, like Coca-Cola doesn't need to be a first round pick in the street. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I guess I'm going to go with uh, my favorite candy, and it's the only candy I've ever eaten at a movie theater. It's uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, that, that's my one one that, for the candy picks. Okay. Really? Yeah, I'm not a chocolate guy though, so you can have Reese's Pieces. George, is it guy. George? Is it the cups Reese's Pieces or is it the uh, other thing? Uh, Looks like M&Ms, the cups. Yeah, yeah the M and M looking ones. Oh yeah, no, yeah. the cups are way better. Those the are the pieces. The cups no, are good, the Reese's like... cups. The Reese's are yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese's cups. I said Reese's, Reese's pieces. pieces are oh, the pieces. Okay. I'm glad none of us say Reese's Pieces. And then Thank my new number two, and this is a new one, but I'm gonna go with a with a nice beer. I'm gonna. Uh, I was wondering who's gonna go that. You can't just say beer. Okay. What's the brand? Yes, I can say beer. Uh, you just can just like, say beer. Yeah, I'm taking beer. Not I'm not gonna pick like an IPA. <laughs> but just out of curiosity, what kind of beer do you like? Do you drink beer? IPA? I hate IPA. I mean, I, I've, definitely had, I've definitely had. I've definitely had IPAs. I drink. I don't love them. Um, I, I don't know IPAs. if I'm at a theater and it's all name brand. I'd have to get. I, I go with Bud Light. That's like a name brand that I like. That's at a theater. Canceled by um, the right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I've been canceled by the right plenty on this podcast. Um, I'm surprised you didn't pick Mountain Dew, man. I thought that'd be like your number one. Dude, <laughs> I don't drink Mountain Dew. Actually, I, I drink Baja Blast. I'll admit that. When I go to Taco Bell, Baja Blast is the greatest drink ever. I don't ever know what that invented. is. It's know. the greatest drink ever invented, and I will not be shamed for Baja Blast. Mountain Dew, though. Um, uh yeah i don't know what other name brands are like at a theater but the only thing that are at a theater is like bud light miller light uh budweiser and white claw or something can like you that get, like can you all... get beer at like a local like a like an amc for example yeah 
Oh, really? Yeah. They have no, no, you can't, you can't do that here at like yeah. a no. small one. Okay. Did I tell you guys, I may have, I went to my like hometown Regal and they had a like poster on their wall for like these, for my Super Mario showing. Um, and they had this poster on the wall of like all these fun Super Mario drinks. One was like a pink lemonade for Peach. One was like some red drink for Mario, green drink for Luigi. You get it. I asked for one of them and they said, oh, we don't actually carry those, but they make us have this sign on, uh, for promotion. I'm like, what the hell? That's yeah, that, that was a bummer. I really ruined your experience. Yeah, it would have made Super Mario Bros. a four out of five. George, your second pick. My second pick. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean away from like the candy chocolate area, and I'm gonna go with the nachos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Like Seth, I feel like would hate those. Oh. Would hate those. Yeah. Seth would Seth would hate those. <laughs> Seth would fully hate those. And let me make it clear. I don't eat nachos at the. No, theater. no. That was my next pick. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Tyler, is it me? Or, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, it's me. So I'm gonna go Sour Patch Kids watermelon. I prefer those to the Sour Patch Kids. Okay, they're that's absolutely fine. different things. They you are don't get different. Both that's Sour fine. Patch kids. That's fine. That's fine. I was, yeah, that's totally fine. That's they like are Reese's Pieces and Reese's Cups. Uh, I still stand by. I'm a pro Sour Patch versus watermelon, so it's fine. You okay, I thought those. you were upset because like you thought you deserved both your both of those. No, 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 okay. no, no. I'm pro well, sour no, patch. Are nice. Yeah, I like those better than. The I do think things. you get more quantity for the dollar of the originals, though. So I think sour patch yes. watermelons are a little of a ripoff. Too big, yeah. too big. They're, um, they're all. Fun. Seth, back to back. All right, so I'll go a Tango Ice Blast, which is basically what Cam was saying. I, I think Tango is a yes yeah, UK drink, so it's basically like a slush thing. If you're in the UK, that's people go to the cinema for them. Uh, I think they only have like cherry and like blue raspberry or something like that. It just tango ice blast. It's, it's, it's the same fucking thing. This this is not okay. Fair. But no, he gets cherry. Yeah, but no, but he'll, he'll, he'll get cherry tango ice that. blast since I have the blue okay. raspberry comparison. That's it's fine. A different, that's it's a different fine. brand and everything. Um, that's fine. And then I'll go. I'll I'll go Reese's cups. Okay. I do love Reese's cups. So, I'll go Reese's cups. Sorry, what was your first pick? Uh, tango, tango Ice Blast. Cherry Tango Ice Blast. It's like the UK it's, version it's of Slushy. Slushy. It's a um, slushy. So, Seth, for your Reese's Cups, do they come in like a bag and they're like mini Reese's Cups in the bag? Or how do your Reese's Cups... It could be either. Uh, it could be the it could be the, the sleeve. I'll go... Just go with the, the bag, like a big bag. Of I was just more cups. curious. Like It doesn't matter for the draft. Like I think any Reese's Cups will do for your pick, but I was just kind of wondering what, how they... No, we could, we could buy Reese's wherever. Like Reese's are an American chocolate we can get wherever. Okay. So like, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. American chocolate mostly is disgusting. Hershey's is vile. Like, it I agree. Like cardboard. I agree. I'm not a chocolate. But your but your but your uh, sweets. Yeah, your, your yeah candy, I don't like chocolate in general. Your candy is nicer than ours. I'll say that definitely. Okay. Yeah, when I got that Empire of Light package, I will admit I think a lot of the candy, those the chocolates so from good. the UK are far superior to anything we have here. Dude, uh, yeah, crunchies are the best thing ever. The honeycomb. They are good. Beautiful. They are good. <laughs> um, my next pick, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the candy wheelhouse here, and I'm gonna go Skittles. 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 Which Skittles? Sour or normal? Or? Normal Skittles. The red bag of Skittles. The red bag. I think they're the worst. I think I like I, sour no, Skittles as a kid, yeah, but I think I'm, my, I'm just so good. I think I'm my palate's like a little bitch. I, like I think I'm a little bitch in my palate. I don't like sour I don't Skittles anymore. The sour ones. They're really good. I don't even know the last time I had a bag of Skittles. Yeah. Uh, my third pick. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll go to my my drink, and that is a Sprite. 
Ooh, Sprite. Is that a diet Sprite or a normal Sprite? No, it's just normal Sprite. It's typically water, but when I'm in the mood for a soda, I go to the Sprite. Okay, what's everyone's favorite soda then? If George's a Sprite, not just for movie theaters, just soda. No, 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 that's not my favorite. That's not my favorite. Okay, what's your favorite? My favorite is Mountain Dew. Stop. Do they not have that at a theater? No, they do, but like, I, I, listen, that Reese's Pieces Sprite combo, yes. George, Dr. Pepper is like. So I think my favorite is Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm going to drink yeah. Dr. Pepper. It's diet so Dr. Pepper yeah. is the best diet drink, for sure. Diet, to be fair, you know when you drink... I've only drank diet soda drinks for so long. When you go back to normal, they're disgusted. Because it's they're just so sweet. overpowering. Yeah, it's too much. But Diet Dr. Pepper is, is very, very good. So, yes, yeah, I love, I love Sprite. I love root beer. I love ginger beer or ginger ale. But ginger oh. beer, the more gingery, the better. Ginger beer fucking uh. smacks. Tyler, I am not, I'm like the least fussy eater. The only <laughs> thing I won't eat is anything ginger related. The no, set ginger beer ginger is, ale is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. I hate but it. But George already took his pick. He can't take it back. My no. my pick, my next pick is, is Dr. Pepper. Um, that's the best you soda. Fuck you, the best man. Soda. Um, One thing before we get off the soda talk is, so AMC's like at least around here, I'm sure you guys all have them too, is the Coca-Cola freestyle machine for whatever. So I guess Mr. Pimp, but I I oh. hate the freestyle. So like the you get you know the freestyle machine stuff. I don't know if you have more. It's like you get your oh, drink and you yeah. get to go out to the machine. You get to push whatever. Yeah. Soda oh, you just want. the self. How do you, how do you yeah, hate the freestyle machines? What do you hate? No, fun? I hate them because I always get too cared. Like okay, so I, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I went and got the freestyle, and I wanted Fanta Zero. So I wanted and like I wanted Fanta. orange you, drink. You wanted Fanta, Fanta, Fanta Zero, whatever. Fanta. I went to get a drink, and I I got I saw they had Fanta Peach. Zero. So I was like, that sounds good. And then they also have Fanta Fruit Punch Zero. So I was like, I'm just gonna mix these two, which obviously I knew wouldn't work. So I did Fanta half Fanta Peach Zero and half Fanta Fruit Punch Zero. And it was awful. Like it's just like Coca Cola freestyles. I always get too excited. I always get too excited about all the options. I always mix too many things. I'm like, oh I want a cherry shot. I want everything. I just don't too much change. I get overwhelmed by all the options. Don't be putting that on the freestyle, man, because the freestyle allows me to get an Arnold Palmer. Um, but that's not my next pick. Oh, my next sh- pick I never even is, thought of doing an Arnold Palmer freestyle. That's genius. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, cause you can get like lemon flavored tea and a little bit more lemon. So you could probably just mix regular, but like, I swear it's better. With I'm back in flavor. on the freestyle. Cam is probably <laughs> fully back in. Uh-huh. My next pick is uh, I am putting my foot down. I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm sure it is. I am pro dinner theater things like where they, no. they bring out dinner. I'm pro dinner. No. I'm going with a nice I like a nice pizza at dinner or at a, like if I'm at like a dinner theater, I don't thing, think I've ever had a pizza. Or a pizza while, yeah, they bring out a nice, like, like personal sized. It's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the graphic for that, I'm putting a movie theater looking pizza. I'm not putting yeah, like a nice big pizza. Do, Google uh, uh, Flicks Brew House. That place is gas. Okay. Um, and they have nice beer because they like, they customize their own beer. George, quick question. You know, you live They're in New York. Do you brew it? Do you? Go and get like a slice of pizza, like often or all time, because that's not that's, a thing here. That's great. All time. Well, yeah, it's not really a thing in America either. It's a New York specialty. It's, it's a New York just, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just New York. Okay. Uh, I feel I've like never done that. Most, yeah, yeah, all the time. It's known for like one. I've never. I, I. I could be completely wrong. I've never been to New York. New York's known for like places that sell like one slice pizza. One slice. Yeah. One slice. Like I don't know anywhere near me, even in Indianapolis, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually know. I walk in, I get three slices, and they're all different, 
and I go That's home. fantastic. Is it like an Italian pizza place as well? Uh, yeah, usually. You can get oh, they're not like fancy sit down restaurants. No, no, in. I mean like the ones you see in the films, like the like. Oh yeah, a little bit. Italian places that look amazing. Those yeah, sort of so, yeah, for the most part. George, your next All pick. Right, my my fourth pick. I don't know. Maybe, again, just something I one of my go tos at a theater, and that's just a nice bag of peanut M and M's. I think. Like it. I think peanut yeah. M and M's are solid movie. They're Go so on. good. I don't love yeah. peanut M and M's, but I think peanut M and M's are my preferred one. Yeah, peanut M and M's are gas. I can hose peanut M and M's. Are they your favorite M and M's? No, mini M and M's. My favorite mini M and M's. But, I, but see, no one carries mini M and M's. It's so whack. What about crispy M and M's? Do you get them? What the fuck is a crispy M and M? Do you get is brownie M and M's? Is that, is that yeah, the sexy M and M in the commercial, or which one's the sexy no, M M&M? and M? Sexy. It's the 420 M&M. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, was, you don't get the crispy M&Ms though. I have. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Google. I, the, I think it's the blue M&M. bug. I think it's the blue bug. It's the blue bug. I'm sure it is. And that's the pretzels, right? No, oh, the we crunch. Don't the crunch. Uh, that's. Oh yeah, no, but there's, there's another crispy. Maybe no, that's is, the UK version. This crunch isn't the sexy M&M, M&M guys. No, no, no. That's Which I've never thing? seen the crispy bag, but we have you've the got the brownie crunch- ones, yeah. Yeah, we have the brownie, with the crunch and cookie, but crispy I've never you have seen. The salted caramel ones. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. They're, they're good. They're very the good. sexy. The sexy M and M's, the green one. Thanks for <laughs> clarifying. I was really questioning that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, for my fourth you. pick, um, I've never eaten this since I only ate this when I worked at a movie theater, but like when I could just get whatever I wanted for free. But I've never paid myself for this, but. Solid companion. I wanted to do something non-candy. Soft pretzel with a little cheese. Salt and soft pretzel. I was wondering when I was going to take that. It's so funny. We might have it in my fifth pick, but we'll see. I was going to say, I always see like the soft pretzels in like the theater, like behind the counter, but I never see anyone eat them or get them. Yeah, like no one (laughs) ever ordered them when I worked at AMC. I wish they sold them here. I love pretzels. Yeah. I have a pretzels. Um, Seth, Seth, back to back for your final two picks. I don't know if you'll let me take this. Can I take? I don't know what would you what, what you would call it, like a pick and mix. Do you call it that? Is that like trail mix? No, <laughs> no. What? So, like, like, like sweets, candy, whatever, and you pick the ones that put them in a bag, then they weigh it, and then you pay it, whatever. You have that? That's that's a crazy. Or do you go to like a grocery no. store before then? So like, so like, okay, so you you you'd they have like um, a trays of each one. You've got like a little. Thing Dude, to get them you know, out. I know, I know but is that at a grocery about. store is or that, is that at the movie theater? No, they're all cinemas here. That's like a th- that's like probably the main. I mean, thing I'll, like, I'll give it to you if you can get it at a movie. I've never seen that yeah, in my you, life. You, you, you can it. get like seriously. That's probably the most popular thing, along with like the pop here. And then you they weigh single. it, and you pay by weight. Yeah, yeah. So you pay, they weigh it, and you pay by weight kind of thing. It's kind they're of a honestly. I'm kind of jealous. Is that not yours? No, I kind of wish it was, but no. No, I get that shit. What, what, do, I, what, what do I even put down? Pick, pick and just, mix? George, if you get it for the draft, if you just search like Odeon Pick and Mix, I'll send you a link. It'll just I'm come with a bag that says Pick and yeah. Mix. In, in parentheses, I put British things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then your final pick, Seth. Oh, man. If someone's already said a drink, can I say the diet version of that drink? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Di- uh, diet Dots Pepper. Everything diet <laughs> is worse. 
I'm just, I no, stand every right diet it. is better. Every so much worse. I Less flavor. Less flavor. Zeros are all superior to diets, though. Like Coke Zero no, way superior to Diet Coke. No, Diet Coke is ass, dude. Diet Coke is way better than Coke Zero. I thought that was a clear, obvious opinion that Coke Zero is superior to Diet Coke. Yeah, maybe your ones. Diet Dr. Pepper smacks, though. That's like the best diet drink, I think. So mid. Diets are so much better than the normal ones. So mid. No, they, they make your teeth feel weird. The normal ones don't like them. My final pick, oh god! So I got two candies, a, an entree, a drink. Um, we'll go with. Um, we'll go with. Uh, I don't know. We'll go with Mike and Ike. I like that. <laughs> Mike and what? Ike's. Mike and Ike's. Okay. Oh, they're Mike. good. They're really uh, good. Wait, you know? Yeah. Oh, so I haven't had Mike and Ike. Damn, I, I haven't had a lot of these in so long. Mike and Ike. Probably haven't had, I probably haven't had Mike and Ike since like trick or treating days. But yeah, they're like, really. I mean, I, I, I Doctor so Pepper is nauseous. Um, George, George, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end my I'm gonna end my draft with something that's probably gonna make me come in last, but I don't care. I get it every single time I go to a theater, and that is a water bottle. Yeah, so I didn't know if people were gonna pick water. I, I think I it's a smart pick. pick. In the cinema. That's, listen, I, I don't hate that. Is, that it's is the one pick. That's the one pick. constant. That is the one constant. Of I can't drink theater. water. Personally, I hate yeah. that pick because, like, if I'm gonna drink, I don't want to drink anything in the theater usually because I don't want to piss. But if I'm gonna drink yeah. something, I want some flavor. I don't want to just drink Last, liquids to drink liquids. No, yeah, I drink water. I normally don't get anything anymore, but last night for Bo's Afraid, since it was three hours, I treated myself. I got a nice Dr. Pepper and, and popcorn. Um, it was good. No bad. Did, did you have to have a toilet break, huh? No. Oh, really? Wow, really? You're usually bad for that as well. I'm Jesus sorry. Christ. I left one movie. <laughs> I left one movie. Maybe it's because you just text on your phone, so I assume yeah. you're in the cinema. Maybe yeah, it's no, not. I, I, I am like... sitting in the corner, <laughs> six feet Being away that people. guy. Dude, oh. I'm, I am at I, the closest person to me was six seats away. They, they're fine. Yeah, and he was, and he was asleep. And he was sleeping. So, yeah, yeah. So if I'm saw, that guy, that's fine. Relating to that, I saw Owen retweet a tweet just like a couple minutes before the podcast. He's like, "Intermission, this intermission, that. Just bring a piss bottle uh, in, yeah. like the rest of us." <laughs> like, this yeah. Is yeah. Um, Our final pick of the whole draft, Cameron. Final pick of the whole draft. You're not going to let me have it, but I do want to just call out the Bavarian legend. It's a one and a half pound uh, soft pretzel. You should. You don't get it now. I that, just a one and a half pound. That is the most yeah, American one, thing. That's, that's, that's the a- AMC Bavarian legend. You all have never, never gotten heard that. Of that. No, never heard yeah. of that. What is yeah, it? That's, it's a one and a half pound soft pretzel. It's it's AMC's like big soft pretzel. It's, they may but not it's different it than a normal so soft pretzel. Is it? Well, they have regular size soft pretzels, okay. but then they have a one and a half pound soft. Pretzel. I can't. But I can't visualize you, how much bigger a one and a half pound yeah, soft pretzel is. Big. I don't know. One and a half pounds a big One and a half pounds a lot is, is a big it? for a soft pretzel. Yeah, those things weigh like half yeah, a so. uh, ounce. So. We'll go with. Uh, but what for my actual pick, yeah, for my actual pick, I'm just gonna go with. The only other thing I've ever gotten in a theater, and um, that's a that's a mixed drink. Just gonna hard alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah, cocktail. Yeah, cocktail. We'll go with cocktail. Two alcoholic so picks got, for Cameron. Yeah, I mean, that, what does that tell you about me? It's but, a fun drink Friday all the time. It's always. Did anyone have Friday. any honorable mentions? No. Oh, why did you? I was hoping one of you guys would pick Twizzlers, man. Are they not good? Not a Twizzler guy. I'm not no, either, but I was I on my board. Twizzlers definitely, are like, definitely not a go-to. 
Twizzlers are the nicest thing to taste like plastic. They do mm. taste a bit plasticky, but they are quite nice. Chicken quite tenders, hot dogs. I was going to say hot dogs. Hot dogs chicken, are quite a big Chicken idea, tenders, but... maybe. I've never gotten a hot dog in the theater. People like, get hot dogs here all the time. I feel like Bunch of Crunch is a very popular movie theater candy for a lot of people. Little crunch bites. Cookie dough bites also maybe a lot of people love. Um, I like the Coca-Cola Icy. Do people yeah. eat Twinkies in the U.S.? Do people actually eat them? I, I don't. I haven't seen anyone. It may be, they used to. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Yeah. I don't think Twinkies are really a thing anymore. But mm. They are in stores. I know that for sure. But they, they, I don't yeah, think no, they're, they're in stores. They're just not like, I think people know what they are now. People yeah. think, I think you know, people here think that they're like so big in America, but I feel like yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're just, I, I think I Twinkies haven't, haven't been really popular since like Zombieland. Yeah, Zombieland. Yeah. Probably like, Zombieland, yeah. They'll probably make yeah. it more popular. Um, George, you want to run through all our picks? Yeah, Seth, Popcorn, Cherry, Tango, Ice Blast, Reese's Cups, Pick and Mix, and Die Dr. Pepper, Tyler, Blue Icy, Sour Patch Kids, Watermelon, Skittles, Soft Pretzel, Mike and Ike's, myself, Reese's Pieces, Nachos, Sprite, Peanut M&M's, and a Water Bottle, and Cam, Sour Patch Kids, Beer, Dr. Pepper, Pizza, and a Cocktail. Maybe the I, I think I did the best with what I was given in the fourth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. You had a tough, tough draft there because yeah. of where your placement was. That's but all, that's all right. But yeah, I think that's Seth right. should win this one respectfully, just like with the popcorn. Like I just, just got to be in that one. Person. I don't know, man. There's too many British choices on there. Oh man, yeah, we a lot of British listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, we'll Seth had see. a home run first pick, and he could have played it safe with his remaining ones. He took a little risk, so we'll we'll see. It opens it we'll up see. for a little yeah. bit of us. But um, thank you all for watching. If you enjoy these different draft concepts, I know our drafts and people have been saying we're always picking the same movie, stuff like that. So we're trying to be creative, thinking of new ways to make these drafts interesting. This one, obviously, we've never picked any of these before because it's not even any movie related. But thank you all for watching. We're going to go through our executive producers now. So a huge shout out to all of these patrons. If you want to check out our Patreon, links are in the description down below. But we got shout out to Al Bodie, Mac Wells, Marcellus, Remy Walker, Jeffy Maud, Ben Leggy, Ben Hansey, Benjamin Vetch, Brom Vitz, Dean Katamanidis, Dylan Chip, Ferdinando Four, John Anderson, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Luke Durhog, Relapse, Tacos Rule Khan, Tobias Johnson, Will Kim, and Yunus BBX. Shout out to all of these executive producers. That does it here for today's episode. We had a longer one today. Real quick, our Real Talk episode 33. Hope you enjoyed this one. As I mentioned in the beginning, we are going to be having new podcast episodes because they're all going to be real quicks after this. Every single day this week, Monday through Friday, new content coming out on all the audio platforms and YouTube. So subscribe, rate us, give us a thumbs up. Comment down below your favorite thing to eat at a movie theater that isn't popcorn. We want some diverse answers in there. And then also let us know that you made it at the end of the show. And we will see you tomorrow with the real quick.